Welcome, Bastronauts. This is Teal's Bass Galaxy, an endless dimension of fishing legends and degenerates connecting through raw, real, in-person conversations and stories. No, this is not your average fishing podcast. There's no rules. There's no limits. Three, two, one, blast off. It's been confirmed. Aliens from another planet have landed on Earth. Sources say there's been two confirmed landing points for these extraterrestrial beings. One being Japan, and also, unexpectedly, in Minnesota, at Waypoint Angler Supply, a local tackle shop on Lake Minnetonka. With the ever-expanding universe, it's no surprise that there are other planets out there that also share our love for the sport of bass fishing. And to Earth's surprise, this latest visit came from extraterrestrial fishermen light years away and many innovations ahead when it comes to fishing equipment. Some hypothesize these beings came from the planet of Naboo, matching up with Mayan folklore dating back thousands of years with fishing equipment ahead of their time. It has been confirmed they left things never seen before by an Earth-born bass. Waypoint Angler Supply is the premier space station in the bass galaxy and has tackle that could previously only be found in Japan or the planet of Naboo. The Waypoint ship is full, but we don't know when the bastronauts from Naboo will be back. So hurry in to Waypoint Angler Supply today and stock up on that Area 51 Planet of Naboo JDM good good before your buddy is whooping that sweet ass of yours. Stop into their store on Lake Minnetonka or visit their website, waypointanglersupply.com. That's waypointanglersupply.com. Use the code GALAXY20 to save 20%. On your next tackle binge. Aliens are real. Thank you. Hello, Bastronauts. This is a message of gratitude for myself. All your support that you've shown the Bass Galaxy and Teal's Bass Galaxy podcast. And just very grateful to all the guests and people who've tuned in so far. Uh, we want to keep this show rolling for all of you uh, who keep tuning in. Um, so it'd be great if you'd be willing to subscribe to our YouTube channel and support you know, all the great sponsors that keep the Bass Galaxy rolling and ever expanding. And uh, always open to feedback, but your support is greatly appreciated. So hit that subscribe button, check out our sponsors, and we look forward to bringing you even more intergalactic content. Thank you. You got that momentum train riding into probably the best Bassmaster Open schedule for, you know, a guy from Minnesota that's ever going to exist. Yeah, it's like best case scenario. Happening. Right. And the last <clears throat> thing I want to do is Johnny Menzel this shit or overhype it, right? Or or get, put you in a spot because I think you just keep doing you and don't worry about nothing. But what an opportunity that is. And that's so such a cool story. And you're probably sick of telling it by now because how many podcasts have you been on since this has gone down? A lot. A lot of podcasts. But... Was I your first? Yeah, that was, yeah. 
<laughs> that was before everything. There we have it on the record. I, I knew that was going to happen dude, the whole time. That's why I had you out. No, you didn't. Well, you said you said at the podcast that you're going to do big things. Oh, dude, you, that I yeah. He you didn't need it. to do what he just did for me to know that. Same with you, bud. Hell yeah! Uh, another another year, another boat, Noah Schultz. Yeah. It's for sale if you want to buy it. <laughs> I'm just honored to be in both of your presence right now. I feel like, oh my God. dude, the hottest, like the hottest two anglers in the state right now, are 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 in the Bass Galaxy. We're in the fifth dimension. What's up, everybody? Um, how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling right now? Like, what's been the day to day stuff lately? Like, you don't. I bet you don't even have to do any homework anymore study even a little bit i bet you got like you know girls carrying their carrying your books for you <laughs> not quite not quite um it's been a lot of trying to get everything in line for next year uh, with the new boat and new truck and everything that's been kind of stressful it's my kind of first taste for all that um but it, it'll all be good in the end i'm super pumped for this next year couldn't have happened to a better dude man and uh I'll just be honest. Watching you go head-to-head with that Tucker Smith kid was some of the most intense, awful fishing I've ever watched in my entire life. Like, that was intense, dude. It was. And it was like, did you watch that by chance? No. Can we... Is it available to rewatch? Because it was... All three days are on YouTube. That's the full The full live is, yeah. Dude, I feel like that like that tournament was right up your alley as far as like grinder. Grinder. Really? Oh, yeah. Those are my favorite. Watching the guys make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's little windows, so you're you're waiting to see which guy capitalizes on that morning window, mm-hmm. that afternoon window. So could window. you see each other's weights? No. no. At the break, you get a midday break and at that time you could choose to see if your competitors weight, but I chose not to. Oh all week. really? So yeah. It was intense, dude. Why'd you choose not to? I was just going to go out and catch as much as I could each day and see how the cards shake, I guess. That was my game so plan. I feel like I would want to know. I feel like it helped me make a Champ store. Champ store, you know. And I feel like that's what helps a guy make a decision throughout the day, you know. But it could spin you out, too. Could make a guy make dumber decisions, which happens yeah. to most of the field. <laughs> Fishing them. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> um, but I hear you. Like... Did you know that is a good question? Like, you, it was so tight, right? The 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 those smallies were cookie cutters, but there was like this kicker, like yeah. two and three quarter to three and a halfer. But right? I, all week, I never got what I felt like was a kicker. You know, those, there was two kids that caught it like a four and a half pounder. Right? You know, that changes your whole your whole day. I right. never got that real kicker, just right. high twos. Right, right. Man, dude, that was nerve wracking. Like East, <clears throat> well, you. You've probably told it a million times, but watching that, Easton had, like, this morning deal going. Like, you, you had the morning figured out. I had it, yeah. And then wasn't it, was it the last day or the second last day that it went, you had one day where the morning deal did not. That was the final day. And that's when you, that's when, like, that, that was you a, know that was, you're like, it didn't go down here now that means it's going to go down here later at some point or what? no because i like, i checked that spot in the afternoon the first two days and i didn't catch a thing so but you know i i was 
I caught them good off that spot the first two days, so I was kind of expecting, you know, it's it, it's there's, it's not going to hold three days. So I was actually on Google Earth the night before the final day, found some more stuff that set up the same way, and that's what ended up saving me. It was my third stop on that final day where I caught a 2.8 maybe. Sure. Ended up being one of my bag fish, and that's what got me rolling. But, yeah, it was definitely nerve-wracking not getting off to a hot start that final day like I did the first two days. Right. But. Did I hear a rumor that... Uh that you might have been using one of one of their deals, the waypoint stuff. Y- yeah, did so I hear the, a rumor about that? <laughs> I was gonna ask you. The the first day, what is it? The libero head swimmer, the underspin. Was that? That's the first that, day. You were throwing. Yeah, dude, that bait. That I think they're the only guys that carry that. The underspin deal. The underspin, yeah. The, you're the, catching them on that. The first day of the the bracket deal, I caught almost every fish on that. So half that ounce. Was, it was a five gram. I don't know. I don't know what, what would that be. Twenty-eight grams in an ounce. Don't ask me why I know that. Uh, <laughs> Fifth of an ounce. He's so JDM. <laughs> seven times four is twenty-eight. So seven grams would be a quarter ounce. Or right? Yeah, seven yeah, grams be would fit, be a four quarter ounce. Fifth of an ounce. Man, good thing this isn't a math podcast. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> um, so yeah, oh, so pretty light one. It was light, that yeah, light and little. Yeah, the what size one bay is that? Maybe a two and a half, three, something like that. It's Using pretty, the it's one small. on there, yeah, the one that comes with it. The one that comes with it. Huh. It seems like it's got a real tight, mm-hmm. super tight. So my deal was in the mornings is there was these shelves on transition rock, and it would dump into deep water and. In the morning, the fish would get up in literally inches of water on these shelves and feeding. So I would throw that up there. It was so shallow, you couldn't fish a Nedrig or nothing. But that swimmer, you could, you'd have to cast it, and as soon as it hit the water, you have to start reeling, and they'd, they'd just smoke it. So it was super fun that first hour, pretty much every day of the bracket. I could tell you didn't want to lose whatever lure. I had, I had one package of those. those, And I did. I, did, I was <laughs> out of them on the last day. So, Well, next time... <laughs> I'll stock up for sure. Or call us and we'll overnight. <laughs> like, call, dude, these boys have ordered, they've overnighted me stuff. So next time, like, they'll overnight you down, dude. Perfect. The Silver Blade one? Yep. Yep. Water's dirty. It was dirty. <laughs> it wasn't dirty. It was, it was clean, but it was like a weird algae stain kind of. It was kind of green water. Sure. So, in your opinion, like, what did that bait do that, like, your other stuff couldn't because obviously it was effective you had a morning deal it was something with the underspin because a normal swim bait it, you know you'd get some bites but not nearly that and i think that that blade on the bottom might have helped it keep it up a little bit so i could fish it so shallow sure well it's a tiny it almost maybe act as a snag guard if you could keep the nose that's true know. yeah huh. it, it definitely came through those rocks really good so i got a couple of those i haven't i haven't made that one work for me but if father gill's making it work i mean that's something to pay attention to. <laughs> so that means, so now you won that, beat that guy, t- that Tucker Smith guy. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yep, that, that did happen. Which it was your arch nemesis, like college, right? Yep, that yep. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. It was like the Vikings beating the Packers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's true. Kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, Auburn's definitely our biggest rival, and just they're the we're the two top dogs, I guess you could call it. So it's it was it was kind of cool how it all came down. So, 
So Easton's now deleted his Tinder account. Got too wild, too <laughs> crazy after that shit. Uh, dude, just congrats. So you won a, you won entries into the Opens, which is probably... No, what's the biggest hurdle to the Opens? The entry. That's why I haven't done it. The cost of doing it. Two grand a pop. Times you nine. worked your way. Times nine. So to me, there's something about visualization with things. And what I loved about our conversation last time was how I could tell by the way you said it, how set you were on that. On that, that was one the one thing. Yeah. On that one tournament. That was the tournament you were set on, right? Yeah. And there's something to be said about harnessing your mind to that. Because before that, it was team of the year. Mm-hmm. And you did it. Mm-hmm. Do, you think, uh, do you think you just have an amazing imagination that allows you to... Do you think that helps? I think it helps because I think we've got another example of say, it let's, that we'll let's get bring him into, into in a sec. I guarantee but, he's thinking about the championship all season long, not just leading up to it. Yeah, basically, yeah. I don't even care about AOI or anything. It's all about making it to the championship. Yeah. I think that was one of the bigger differences between you and everybody else fishing the trail last year, Noah. And I think it's a lot of because it's just how you have to think because of the position you're put in, right? Yeah. I would think so. But I don't think anybody else was probably dreaming about that championship from the night it was announced besides maybe you. I was. And I could see Arnie also. Oh, yeah. And Thompson. And Thompson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So as soon as they announced it, I just like I told my wife, I'm like, it might happen again. Like I don't ever get confident. I'm never that guy to be cocky or say like, oh, I'm gonna catch him, I'm gonna win. But I just like I've got a legit shot because this lake sets up just like every single lake back home. Yeah. And I'd actually had been there before. I fished it. I'd fished two tournaments there in the past with my buddy Tim Pittman from back home. We had decent tournaments there, you know, and just knowing the lake and the, how it's set up, and it's like. And for those tournaments, I didn't put any time in, you know. I just, we'd show up, like, you practice one day and you'd fish. So, like, I'm actually going to put some practice in. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to figure this lake out. And, yeah, so but once they announced it, like, I just put a target on that tournament. And I was like, that was my focus for the entire year. Get there and, you know, kind of the same thing with Easton. Yeah. Man, I just think it's amazing, like, it's, I truly think it's amazing that we've got that caliber of angler in the state and just how competitive the state has gotten. Even, like, you look at... I feel I feel like Minnesota's underrated <laughs> as far as competitive fishing goes and the anglers that are in the state. Like, it's... Yeah. Look at, like, look at the last few years, how many guys, like, Easton, Fighter, Douglas, Felix, all these guys, you know, Bob Downey, all these guys coming out of Minnesota. Like, just all of a sudden, Minnesota's blowing up, I feel like, in the tournament scene the last few years. Big time. I feel like we're super underrated up here. <clears throat> Dude, our fishing is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's that, really that's, good fishing. That's why I think it Diverse. makes us so good is that at any given day, we can go to any given lake and any – you can go to a river. You can go to shallow mm-hmm. or dirty lake. You can go to deep, you know, Pokegama, bait-chasing lake where they roam and they're pelagic. And you can go to Mille Lacs and learn how to fish boulders and crawfish eating smallmouth or gold – on the road and you're fishing dirty water largemouth like you have all these different opportunities and you can always catch fish and get bit mm-hmm. right that's the best way to learn is to catch fish yeah you know and what i think's the coolest about you two right now is you've got 
you two are very different in terms of where you guys are from and what you guys cut your teeth on as far as types of bodies of water. Yeah. You've got Mr. Pokegama over here, <laughs> you know, from the North Country, Grand Rapids. And then you've got dirty, dirty sweet southern largemouth, yeah. Noah Schultz, right? Where you don't have much of a weed line or uh weeds aren't even a thing or, the weeds are just like east west rush i get about that deep yeah like like clean water means you can see your second guide when you stick it in the <laughs> yeah, water like where you're from yep fishing <laughs> so, fishing deep is eight foot that's actually partially why i wanted to get you guys together tonight because i feel like that diversity of where you're from yet both <clears> having <throat> a ton of success both locally uh and just on bigger bigger stuff is is something that i think super interesting and fascinating you know this guy you probably see a spinning rod in his hand not saying he can't throw a bait caster but he's got a style that really has well he has the live live scope stigma even though the, even though on his previous podcast he swears he doesn't fish with it as much as people think but he has that stigma around like he's a, he's a live scoper he's a finesse fisherman clear water yeah that's, that's what i think of when i think of if Easton. you turn on msnbc at night and they're doing a story on Easton Fothergill. <laughs> Professional live scoper wins another tournament on live scope with a spinning rod. But the reality is, I think it's a tool for him. And I think it's exactly what it. makes you the deadliest with it is you know when to put it down and when to pick it up. And I think that's also what makes you deadly with your live and your style of fishing that you utilize with that. And we've never really, you two never really met before tonight. Nope. Mm-mm. So, yeah, we're going to cross paths a little bit, I guess. And um, well, that's why I drove up here, so I wanted to hear. I know you juice. didn't drive up for me, dude. No, I came like, to see him. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to know. I, I want to drive down here for me, dude. I want to know the secret bit. bait. Yeah. <laughs> I've asked him like five times already. He won't even give me the time of day, by the way. <laughs> dude, there is not. What do they call the people who break through the safes? Like, what Locksmith? There's not a locksmith that could crack that safe if he didn't want it cracked. Well, he told He's you. He's very so. good. Dude, like, you ever heard of, like, the Chinese torture methods? We had to get we had to get pretty, like, I can't go into it because I'll probably go to jail. But, like, we had, it took three people. We had to beat it out of them. So, like, I, I just don't think you want that on your conscience. But I think... I honestly was, I feel like he still lied to me. Like, I still don't know if he told me. No lies. Is it a spinning rod? Appreciate that. Bay it is a spinning rod. It's finesse. That's what I figured in my mind. It, was gonna be a it makes rod. a lot of sense, though. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he could do much damage with it up, Not where he's up at. here. So yeah. I think you could tell him. I just don't know if Not right now, I be, can't. Yeah, <laughs> on the record. I think we could do an auction for subscriptions. <laughs> there, we there, we there we go. Like I said earlier, I'll, t- I'll tell you mine to the world. I'll tell you, you mine know? if you tell me yours. How about how about we we get a bidding war in the comments <laughs> section of whatever post we do on how much people would pay to know the actual truth about that weapon and that weapon? Do you have a certain weapon that you use like that can account for a majority of your wins? No, uh, yeah, I guess, but diverse like it's it's a classification maybe. Like weapon. a way, certain ways, yeah. Because I, I have, I have like one or two specific lures that I, I can account for a majority of my wins. Well, Dane and I looked back, and it was 
pretty staggering. <laughs> so you have one too. Dane has one and I have one. And well, our tournaments, it's like yeah. those Every, two together. It's weird. A lot of people, there's a, I mean, most people have and a confidence one or two. Yeah, three yeah. or four. That's actually a really interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah. Everyone has So it's one. like maybe a maybe it's a confidence lure. But that's maybe what if you just threw those what if you just did that? I See, feel like I just tell cash checks all year. I know, but like with mine I would not. Actually, so baits we've won with versus baits we've cashed checks with. Like we've cashed checks with a lot of different techniques. Me too. But like when I look at our first seconds first and seconds, Dane. When I look at our first and seconds, yeah, wow. That is actually a weird freaking thought. I have two. I have two that can, can count for probably 75% of the trophies on my wall. Too many. Too many. Yeah, it's not It's not one bait. Jacob fucking Wheeler over here. <laughs> I like it. No. Really. Yeah. There's not even one that sticks out as you've won more tournaments on that than the rest. You know? But he might be in a different situation because he travels the U.S. a lot. I mean, yeah, if we're college, talking college like a herring like lake, then a gizzard shad bite, then a I feel like if you've been fishing Florida locally bite. in one area for 10 to 20 years, you're going to have a very specific bait yeah, that you lean on a lot more. Not to mention Minnesota bass are a little dumber than yeah, them southern bass as far as how much they get casted at very much and so. how, much, how many lures they yeah. see. So I feel like you can take that maybe approach a little bit but you do, easier. Like you do have a confidence bait though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the reason it's a confidence bait is because you've had a lot of success with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone has one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was blown away by all the places you catch them on yours. Because for me, it was a dirty water thing. You know? would think, yeah. Right. I actually do better in clear water with it a lot of times. That's crazy. And that's, yeah, that, that was something I hadn't utilized that for. But that, that deal was something I had always, I've always really I could liked tell you, to I could tell you a few dirt. things off record when we get done, if you remember to ask. But <laughs> we, won't, we won't dive into that on the podcast. But. Yeah, 75, 75, 75. <laughs> <laughs> I would make a horrible auctioneer. We'll take it. <laughs> okay. So that's, I think, what's cool about you is how diverse you are. And is your taste of music, we got into your taste of music a little bit, but is it the same? It's just as diverse. Just as diverse. So you go from like Nelly to Tupac to Sinatra up to Petty over to Diana Ross. (laughs) From that to ACDC, yeah. All of it. I love it. Yeah. We might need to take a tour of my record player after this, and we'll see. Okay. No, what do you, I've never asked you even what you listen to for music. Heavy metal, all the way, nothing else. Really? Yeah. Heavy metal, mm-hmm. like okay. Are we talking like Slipknot, Kill Switch Engage? Like if you can hear their voice through a rasp, it's not, it's too soft for you. Yeah. <laughs> like cool. Lamb, Lamb of God, Spirit Box, like dude, heavy stuff. Yeah. I like it. Get you pumped up to catch some bass. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so you fish pretty good, pissed off. Oh, but I know Not people. Pissed off, but there's people who that makes them like. I don't know. It's just. It's just. I don't know. Like I grew up, you know, younger. It was you know old school rap stuff like that. And once I got into my like my twenty, probably twenty to low twenties, I kind of just transitioned away from because rap kind of changed over the years to. 
when they started talking real bad about women, you're like, <laughs> Jenna know, keeps I, hit and skip. <laughs> <laughs> no. Pretty much heavy metal. That's, that's all. I, it's like pretty much all I listen to. That's cool. Yeah. Like, I it, don't know why. When, I'm, I'm a pretty mellow dude, you know? I used to listen to metal for hockey games as a kid yeah. and like hard rap. And then like I realized that I don't function that way. I actually do better with something like that eases my mind a little bit more because my I have ADD like real bad. So it's already <laughs> like you, you, you throw me some heavy metal, then tell me to focus. It's basically like looking at a blender for like, you don't even know what's going to come out, but it's weird how that works. Do you have any pre-ritual songs? Well, we were talking with Dumpke and you like mixed it up a bunch. To be honest, I'll just pick a playlist, hit shuffle, and see what see what comes out. Just go where the bass go, man. Just go where I can get the next buy. Do you listen to music when you're fishing? A little bit in practice, but sometimes I think it distracts me and I'll shut it off. So sure. how about you? Uh no. Not Maybe. really. If I do, it's turned down and I forget about it. But yeah, I, I don't listen to anything. I wish there's there's like a couple different songs that I wish I could like play as like a tempo like for me <laughs> that I could kind of fish fast or slow to. I'm on the same lines as he is like I feel like it's a distraction. I agree. I have no radio on my boat. I don't play anything on my phone. I most most time like I won't even answer my phone if, it's, if, I'm, if I'm practicing like I can't. I like completely zone everything all. I, I will. I won't even have a seat in my boat because I don't want to sit because you get relaxed you know and mm-hmm. I stand all day and you get hyper focused. Yes. So do you. Yes. So do I. I guess now thinking about it, is the days I kind of dedicate to graphing, I will listen to music. But I could the, see the, the, that. The, would, the see, I'll, yeah. I'll listen to podcasts when yeah. I'm, if I'm graphing for like you know five, six, seven hours at a time, then mm-hmm. I'll put a podcast on and just let it play and listen, and then you can graph. Mm-hmm. Graphing's different. Yeah. But there's less. I feel like there's less focus. Especially like early when it's dark out, and then yeah, I'll definitely play some music. Mm-hmm. Well, at Lawrence, you can go back in time and if you miss something. <laughs> like, I got I got Apex. Between songs, you can check what you just looked at. I got Apexes going into this next oh, year. Oh, yeah, they do you that. Can, you can scroll back on your Those seem like they're yeah. nice. Have you played with those yet? Not yet, but I, oh, man, I can't wait to get them on the boat. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be nice. But you can attest to that hyper-focus, and yeah. then your phone rings. Yeah. <clears throat> it drives me crazy. Me too. Like Me too. Oh, and it rings. It's like I only want to, like I have, I have to a, do I have, a breathing exercise. I have a hard time even eating the sandwich or stopping to take a drink of water when I'm practicing because I don't want to stop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to not make that cast to stop to get a bottle of water. Dude, like, he's not that way. He was texting me in practice one time. Like, <laughs> you should have seen the storm I was waiting out. Oh, that's fair. Okay, okay. That's, I was like, Jesus, you let, you, dude. I told you that you let me off the hook. You got like the. The Daiwa reel with the flipping switch or whatever, and he's just scope. How's it going, Bill? <laughs> no, it was super bad storm coming through when I was texting you. So that I think you told me that I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something I don't think pe- people who don't have that don't understand. I don't think that mm-hmm. obsession. You can't, you can't explain it. I was I was thinking about this a little bit on the way down. I think back to my basketball coach. You should practice harder than your game days. Your game day should feel like a breeze compared to practice, and that's that's kind of that's how I treat practice. I feel like I feel like tournament days are more relaxed for me too. Mm-hmm. They're intense, but like your focus. But it's not a fifteen-hour day. Mm-hmm. It's an eight-hour day. You know, if that makes sense. That's interesting. It's more intense for that eight hours, but it's not drawn out across a fifteen-hour practice. You're not getting up. To the, to the lake at 4.30 in the morning and leaving at 7.30 at night. 
See, I practice for 15 hours and that does not feel, I do not feel as dead after that as I do a champions tour event, for example. I, so it's like, I, I, I agree for sure. It's like, a very lazy process for me compared to fishing the champions tour tournament. You graph this and then you'll, you know, yeah. throw this moving bait around, not set the hook like across. I guess I, I, I should probably backtrack and probably agree with tournament you. Day, you got to catch everything. And like, it's, uh, ah, it's like the champions tour might be a little bit different deal because it's the, the intensity is so much more five fish. I agree with yeah. the way I practice the tournament day does not feel well, that, as I, unless I, we sucking as bad as we did in a couple this year, then you just don't, there's no way you're, I, I fish way more five fish every time I do, you know, champions tour events. So I'll fish like 25 fish derbies a year and then, you know, just only four champions tour events, you know, I'm on that 50, 50 train with team trail champs tour and you're pretty much all I'm on. I fish a lot fish. of stuff back home though. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Like if I'm home, I'm fishing tournaments every week in both days, jumping in whatever I can get into. Right. Right. Like I'm always, I mean, I probably fish 30 tournaments a year. Huh. Me too. So, well, I feel like if you ever fish the opens, like you two would, if you two put your heads together and fish the opens and did like the canal wheeler <clears throat> thing. Yeah. You guys could like run some train because he's like <laughs> just how opposite we just are. how opposite you Background. are. I feel like I mean you guys could cover some ground and and do pretty good. So that's, that's actually why I got you here. Is this is uh this is a recruiting scenario. It's actually, <laughs> been thinking about becoming an agent and uh, have the first elite series team. <laughs> you know, under my sports agency. There's a lot of teams out there, really. There is, dude. They team Majority up. of the league guys probably work together. Right. You mm-hmm. see you see a lot of in the Champions Tour, I think. Do you? No. If I've heard about it, but if I feel like it's I, happened, it hasn't been I feel like there's some misconceptions too. So like what does team mean? Does team mean exactly, full split? Exactly. Does it so mean full split. So I mean if it's Montevallo, like good job, Easton. Our school got six thousand dollars for that yeah. full split <laughs> yeah yeah how would team work for champs tour well it depends it, it, like, there, there's people that do 50 50 like they split the money they split everything in half really? or thirds or whatever is it loud or is it yeah okay. absolutely it's loud because yeah. there was a time where it supposedly wasn't right well as, as long as i've been fishing champions tour they've always said it's fine but after the lake split you cannot talk about where you're going what you're doing mm. So, I don't know, but yeah, I feel like there's a big, like a, so like, man, how do they police? That is such a, that's why they say it's okay because you can't police it. Okay. But even on, even on the elite series, people split money. Like look at the Johnston brothers, mm-hmm. all their money goes into one account and then they share their money throughout the season. I think you should, you and I should team up and we'll split it 80, 20. <laughs> you get 80, I'll take 20. I don't team up right? with anybody. My job is to contribute like. <laughs> You know, get twenty percent of that for you, right? My, my money is my money. <laughs> I'm totally fucking with you, dude. I would never. I would never. Yeah, I, I, I'm not worthy. So people, people think like me and Schrader and Walker work together all the time, which, like, it's just like you and um, Dane. You guys probably talk about, yeah, I got a good dock bite today, you know, or something like that. That that's mm-hmm. if anything, we probably lie to each other and hurt each other more than anything. <laughs> like, like you know. I don't lie to Dane, and I hope he doesn't lie to me. We're all so competitive. We all want to win over the, each other. 
we never want to screw each other. That's what I know. And we want to, with Dane and I, it was like after that first tournament where we didn't talk to each other and we ended up on the same spot, like it was more so of like, uh, hey, can we at least save 10, 15 minutes? Make sure we're you know, <laughs> not, not screwing, our, screwing the pooch on this because of us fishing together in the past, yeah. you know? So it's more so about that and then just like a type of bite. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, that, that's what, like, I'll even, you know, like, just anybody ran like, like, hey, yeah. did you try the three eighth ounce this or, or the dock bite's really good, mm-hmm. you know, like, or like, yo, do you, yeah, roll a swim jig around, yep. yeah, I don't feel like that is working together, do you? That's just basic, that's theory. not teaming up, no, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. That's how do that's you get, how do you get off on this dock conversation? I don't know, it's the galaxy, bro. We yeah. just we're just roaming through the fifth dimension, you know. <laughs> I think I think. Uh, oh yeah, I was talking about if you guys oh, were to if we team were up team for up. the yeah, opens, yeah, yeah. I feel like that'd be like a good combo. And I guess and we're talking about how common it actually is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do want to say this. I've said this before, but you're here now. I am here now. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. They have a wide variety of home loan programs in their tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. Just ask me. I trusted Aaron Dagus, a bass fisherman just like you and me, and Supreme Lending's Dream Team to help finance my first home. Contact Aaron Dagus and the Dream Team today by scanning the QR code or giving them a call at 763 763- Three two six zero six seven seven. That's seven six three three two six zero six seven seven. Did I catch a seven in there? Or visit their website, AaronDagus.SupremeLending.com. That's A A R O N D A E G E S dot SupremeLending.com. As anglers, we develop special bonds with our equipment. There's something magical when you find that perfect jig rod and reel combo for a technique that elevates your confidence on the water. Whether it's a perfectly balanced, crisp, and sensitive jig rod that gives you the highest level of control over your bait, allows you to feel every grain of sand, every bite, and allows you to drive that hook clean, or a rod with the perfect action and taper that seems to keep your chatterbait, swimbait, or whatever it is in the back of the bass's head where it belongs no matter where you throw it, or a rod that allows you to effortlessly cast a lighter bait you used to cuss at on your old combo. These types of magical bonds are rare to find in a mass-produced sweatshop, which is why the Selka Fishing and Customs came to existence. With the sole purpose of bringing you closer to your passion by enhancing the bond with you, your rod, and the bass. Confidence is everything in bass fishing, and there's no bigger boner buster than losing a big fish, not feeling like you can present your bait correctly. The list goes on and on. Mr. Veselka is a full-blown artesian craftsman who can build you the perfect rod, no matter the size or action, custom exactly the way you want it he also has a wide variety to choose from right on his website including fan favorites like the eight foot hair jig rod the drop shot rod swim bait rod the chatter chicken rod the mh workhorse and more 
even ice fishing. You do the whole frozen Swiss cheese thing, the ice fishing, seen grumpy old men? Well, you can send that jiggle stick back to the antique store because Mr. Veselka builds custom ice rods in all sizes and actions too. So head on over to his website, veselkafishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A fishing.com. To enhance your confidence on the water, feel your passion, and catch more bass, baby. I would like to publicly announce that Noah Schultz is the Guinness Book of World Record Holder for most tournaments won with the most amount of kids born under his name. Fair enough. <laughs> do you think do you think that's a do you, it's got to be up it's there. It's got to be. It's got to be up there. I I want it to be something you're proud of though. Like Oh yeah. I would be proud of that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. It's hard. People don't realize how hard it is to raise kids. That's what that's what I'm saying, dude. And and I don't just just even coming up here, you know, like how long we we've, we've been talking back and forth. We're coming up here three months. Yeah, yeah. Like I had, I had uh, my wife's family fly in from North Carolina for a while visiting. Right after that, we had a birthday, and right after that, my son got married. Went to the Air Force, and we had uh, two or three other birthdays in there. Then we, well, there's something else big going on too. All this stuff going on all the time with all these kids, you know. We have school functions, we have conferences, we have doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, and then we, we're going to kind of squeeze this podcast in. And now, in a few weeks, got to go to Texas to see my son graduate the Air Force. Yeah, their boot camp for Air Force. It's like it just never ends and never stops. It's always hard raising kids. It's hard, you dude. Know? I don't know. Like, and there's people that come up to me and ask, like, how does he do it? And I'm, like, dude. I don't know. There's a lot, and I'm not calling these people out, but there's a lot of people who quit fishing over a kid or two. Yeah. Like, can't do it no well, more. That's where Jenna comes in. She fills well, These guys have wives, yeah. but, like, it's such a hard, like, one, two kids is a lot of work at the end of the day. So right. I'm being empathetic to those, those pansies out there making those excuses. Not Just stop kidding. all day, every day. But, dude, how do you how do, you do it? Just like, do how? It. You just do it. You make sacrifices. I don't know. Easton made a sacrifice. He got his bisectamine last month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did you? That, that's a smart investment, young man. No. No, there's... Then you couldn't be named Father Gill. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, you can't, right. Like, you got to pass that legend on for sure. <laughs> if, if you want to. That's a cool last name. If you want to. But, like, the day-to-day of um, that... All day, every day. It's a lot impressive so do you give a lot in the winter so that she gives a lot in the summer is it that kind of trade-off that's exactly what it is that's what people don't understand to us and everything like it drives me crazy is that people think i don't work and all i do is fish and fish and fish and fish and fish which is not the case i fish less now than i ever have in my entire life throw six kids in front of them and see if they're working yeah so like my winter schedule looks like like this. Like I literally, I work probably twelve to fourteen hours a day. That is no lie, because people say that you know. Like I wake up at four to four thirty every morning, and I'll work till probably six thirty, seven o'clock at night, every day for six to seven days a week. But once summer comes, then it's game on. Right. You know, and that's where Jenna really steps up and takes really takes help take over my role. Not as far, you know, not as much as, as the business, but with the kids, you know, yeah. like she's a hundred percent with the kids while I'm out and gone and fishing and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
What's the latest? Uh, what's the big toy the kids are into nowadays? I know Christmas. There's always the tablets and iPads and. Oh man, my daughter wants a cell phone for Christmas. Hopefully, she's not listening to this, but <laughs> I don't think she will. <laughs> I want a dinosaurs and fishing lures, man. No, that's what Weird. I'm saying. Like, I, I went Christmas shopping the other day with uh, Jenna. I know you don't got to worry about this yet, but you will someday. I'm sure. <laughs> Easton's like, we're getting iPads. I don't know what you're talking about. We're going through the store, and every toy is like 50 bucks. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what happened to the world? Dude, it's... Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Can you imagine being a college kid right now? <laughs> I was so poor in college when no, shit was yeah. cheap. Yeah. It's crazy. The cost of living is absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, everything's expensive now. What's but. cool in, like, college now? Like, there's always a fad. Like, how was your Tony? How how you enjoying the Tony over there? The Tony. The Tony T. The twisted <laughs> Tony T's over there. It's good, man. Is it I, any good? It's, it's all right. Okay, what's like the hype at college? Is it the claws? Is it the you guys do the, the lattes? The It's it's everything. Natties? I bet it's nothing. natties. Whatever's the cheapest, probably, huh? Cheapest. Yeah, natties are cheap. Okay. You guys do... It's not a private school, right? Mm-mm. Okay, so there's no red wine. <laughs> red wine. <laughs> red wine is pretty cheap, like, uh, if you think about it. Yeah. But, huh. I think the probably the coolest thing about what you're doing is the Southern thing. Like, I wish I could go back in time and like, go to college in Montevallo and immerse yourself in that I know. type of body when of water. When I was water. in school, like, there was no such thing as school fishing. Like... But when I was in school, fishing was like not cool, so you tried to hide it. You know, you didn't you didn't tell people you were fishing. I don't fish. What are you talking about? But now it's like accepted and cool. You know, and there's 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 teams and scholarships and all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's getting scholarships and stuff for fishing, and then getting our travel paid for is yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember asking I had them high school national champions on. I remember asking, Did you guys wear your jerseys in school? <laughs> on one like, man, wearing your jerseys in school basically like birth control, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see one of them is fishing the tour this year, right? Yeah, Zach is. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Be cool. Yeah. Uh, nice kids. Anyway, south, though. Like, talk about the hurdle. Like, if pe- that's the biggest hurdle for a Minnesota angler fishing nationally is fishing down South, right? Talk about like, what's that hurdle like compared to like, just what, what an angler has to face down. Like when you go down there now, and I probably asked you this a different way before, but yeah, but I say it all the time. I'd much rather go from here to the South than the South to up here. Like I'd much rather make, makes sense. you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do actually. Like the Southern boys are so 65 pound braid heavy stick they hate picking up a spinning rod hate it and um i don't know i'm just i don't mind that i'm gonna do i'm gonna do whatever it takes but it's that's just the ideas and all almost all their heads it's it's really weird but fishing fisheries wise um like like noah said earlier we have so many different diverse fisheries around here i'm able to kind of be like oh this looks kind of like this this looks like this i'm able to kind of correlate really quickly and it just makes the light bulb go off a little bit faster than I think most people. Yeah, you probably you've seen a lot more scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I even compete down there, I've I've seen so much around here, like dirty water, clean water, current. Right. I've seen I've seen a lot. Right. But 
just because there's a lot of Minnesotans that go down south with a spinning rod. Right. And don't do worth a shit. You know, I'd, I'd be one of them, right? So I do think there's I mean, a lot more to it than, than No, that. they're definitely, like, my freshman year was extremely humbling. It was all straight learning that had, like, hardly any success. success um, but, but you feel like you could have learned that quicker down there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you you need that you need the experience down there. You can't just free ball it from up here and go down. You you need experience down there. So. But you feel like it was you could learn that quicker than you could learn. Like smallmouth, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm super thankful I grew up fishing smallmouth. Rather that's than where I there. feel like. That's interesting for a guy like you who has that raw talent, and I know there's with what we just talked about. Like the biggest question you're going to be getting and have already gotten is why aren't you fish? Why aren't you fishing opens? Are you can fish the opens. You can fish the opens. No. And to. you're probably sick of hearing it, but we can just air it out and maybe, you know, a couple thousand people quit asking. That's the cost. You're looking at 40 to 50 grand. Time. Time. Cost. That's the other thing too is a double edged sword. So I don't have vacation days. I don't have paid time off. I'm, I'm my own. An employer, you know, I own my own, own business. So, if I take time off, call it three months. That's three months of pay I don't have. You know, the, plus the cost of doing the opens. You know, and sponsors, sponsors. I think it's very. If if you follow social media at all or YouTube at all, it's very very obvious what's happening in the industry is sponsor dollars are getting cut back. Yeah. So there's no way in the world that I'm I'm going to round up enough. Me, a guy from Minnesota, is round up enough money to pay for the opens. You know, like. I don't see that happening. For you, there's a lot more weight to your risk with your family, right? Yeah, that too. Um, but, like, the opportunity is also greater. I look at the opens as an investment. For sure. You're not going to make a single, you're not going to make money fishing the opens the first year no, or two. Correct. You're mm-hmm. investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And is the, the risk worth the reward? That's what, if I was a single guy, yeah, absolutely, you know? Right. When I'm married, I have kids. I have a, I have kids in school with friends, you know. So it's like, I can't wager my home and all that stuff, you know. That makes sense. Totally. I think. So. Is it something that you're striving towards? Oh, absolutely. You know. I think this whole open things will calm down. I'll let you know. Let let this. Let the economy kind of. Let everybody go into bankruptcy. You know. Well, I mean, look at in. This year is already. This year there's already fewer anglers than last year. You right. Know? And now we have this whole BPT thing going on. Let them flood in. I feel like give it a few years, let everything settle. Let the economy get a little bit better. I mean, it's hard to even sell a basketball right now. You know, like people don't want to spend money. Well, it is December. Well, I know, but like. No snow, though. Should be buying <laughs> bass boats. Jesus. But we're getting into a new season already. They are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, as I, I sell things. I see the writing on the wall. Like, that's that's what our business is, is selling. And I can tell you over the last few years that people are not spending as much money as they were. And I can see it in my own business, you know? Right. And I just feel like kind of let everything settle, let the dust settle. Maybe, you know, hopefully maybe they'll change instead of all nine. Maybe they'll go back to like a division or maybe half or something like that. Because as of right now, how, how can I justify dropping 50 grand, taking three months off of work? So, I mean, whatever your income would be, whoever's listening to this, just minus three months of your income, you know, minus... Mm-hmm. 25% of your income from the year plus pay 
the cost of doing it. So, you, I mean, that's a ton of money. Totally. To not make any money. The only thing you'll be doing is trying to qualify. Right. So, I mean. That's hard. There's not an accountant on planet Earth that, would say that, will, ever, that will ever <laughs> so- say, good where do I sign? <laughs> is it a dream? Absolutely. Like, to me, you're living the dream, dude. Like, it is. You're in a really good spot. Yeah. Like, it's so cool to see. It From the outside absolutely. looking in, dude, like, it's super cool to see. And, and especially because you're a good person. There's a lot of people out there that there it's a it's a it's turned into quite the rich kid sport so to speak you know one hundred percent absolutely is it's just it's cool to see guys like you and you you know have success because to me that that's always who I root for but um, <laughs> me too I appreciate that yeah um <clears throat> but where I was going with that is I feel like there's these Jacob Fouts videos that came out that are receiving all this hype. And I think the big thing about pro fishing that is just blatantly obvious, it's sad. I don't like that. It's this way, but you will not make a fortune ever no. just fishing That's and, okay though. or, or, or okay. a financial freedom. Like that is, I don't think anybody's reached, pure just financial freedom just from winnings but people aren't chasing that when they're chasing fishing but there's a business side of it that's <clears throat> promotional based that's yeah. marketing based that's there is people who do have financial freedom who are professional fishermen it exists their name's gerald swindle their name's jacob wheeler Can't their name's brandon Lee Livesey right, right now seth fighter <laughs> also elevate like you know what i mean so there's a ratio of fishing and being good at promotion and you that's and that's the one percent though you know when you when you like is that you're not chasing your dream trying to be a millionaire right you're chasing no. it because it's your dream mm-hmm. you don't care if you're going to make enough money to live and professionally fish anything on top of that would be a bonus right mm-hmm. that's what my dream would be like i don't care i'm not chasing dollars right i'm chasing the idea of fishing every day and being able to pay my bills and sustain my lifestyle that's what I'm chasing and not having to work. Right. Living what I love. That's what I'm chasing. I am too, man. 100%. I'm not chasing a million dollars. 1%'s relative, though, right? Because if you look, people talk about the 1% income in the United States all the time. But if you looked at it differently, well, if you make over $35,000 in the United States, you are in the top 1% income earner in the entire world. Yeah. But if the you world, look at the United yeah. States, you're fucking poor. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, these days, so, poverty. And you guys are in the top 1% when it comes to fishing ability. And you've proven that. I mean, I'm not a numbers guy, but crunch those numbers. And I bet they'd shake out pretty close. So I think the magic key is figuring out what is that way that you guys can share that with the world outside of that tournament right and uh it's kind of what we're talking about earlier yeah to stay relevant and i think you guys i feel like the perfect person would be like a sobe and a father gill just morph them into one or sobe and a noah or just you know? i think no sobe's sobe noah's noah father gill's father gill but, 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 and his dad is father gill too but he's eastern <laughs> father gill <laughs> gill daddy yeah. <laughs> 
But I feel like the people that are really capitalizing, like the Jacob Wheelers, are good on camera. They have a very good personality that you want to watch, and they can catch them, and they can market, and they're capitalizing on all parts of it. Or a Scott Martin. They give you know? the juice. Like so, it's either it seems like you got to give the juice or be funniest, funniest, or Matt Robertson, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You either got it's KVD, Matt Robertson, and I feel like. Well, I'm not funny, and I'm not going to give the juice. So I'm the same way. <laughs> You can give them a snack, Noah. You don't got to give them the whole kitchen. They still mm. got to go do it. Yeah. I think you should teach uh, sonar classes. I've thought about that. My wife really That's pushed what I'm me gonna to do s- that. I'm going to start doing it. She wanted me to do sonar classes and like little seminars. I'm like, who's going to get like three people in my class? I no, said. dude. I'm going to start doing it. She's like, I've no, you got to do too. it. I'm like, dude, do you know how many? I used to sell boats. Do you know how many people pay $20,000 for electronics and have no clue how to use them and don't spend any extra well douglas used to do it's a huge investment electronics training on the water genius and i've done it i used to do it uh, i've done a couple of them and like you're teaching people how to find their own bass you know it's not you're not giving your waypoints up i mean you really gotta pay for my wife was pushing really hard for a while for me to do that sell your waypoints oh no she'll sell my waypoints if i make her mad (laughs) 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 didn't win anything off anyway except you did no. How um, was your regular season? I for, we were talking about this the other day. My regular season. It's Champs Tour. You had a pretty good regular season. You had like top five. I think I finished third in points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had your back for sure. <laughs> I had a bomb on the first one. Yeah. Somebody was saying like, I can't remember how I did in the regular 30th. season. I'm like, pretty sure he, they're like, yeah, he didn't do as good in the regular season as usual. I was like, I think I, I don't think I finished out of the top five ever. AOI right and Champions Tour right I think it was Newman <laughs> I think it was Newman who said that actually he got his blinders on I don't know we'll have to call him yeah on, if, on if, this break we'll call him if, if, if Arnie <laughs> I need to verify if bite powder is legal still if Arnie or Keller would have stumbled a little bit then I would have locked up AOI but but that's the other thing like I, a lot Keller of, I mean he's consistent dude he had it I mean he told me how that went down and it was like whew. East West Rush, yeah. I mean, he didn't even have that bad. I mean, yeah. I th- he, I thought he had it locked pretty locked. They up. tied. I know. I bet if he caught one more bass, he probably would have won it. That's what he, that's. I mean, I felt bad for him. We were talking that's after the, thing, the tournament. Like, it's like you lose two bass that day. It's like say a why. We talk about know. going back to our previous podcast. It's like it comes down to a one or two fish usually, like your entire season. Like, yeah. E- even more so with the opens. I mean, you know. Yeah. That bass tournament I watched, you beat that Tucker Smith guy at. I'm not going to get sued for that or nothing, am I? No. I'm just stating facts here, for, for the love of God. That's facts. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Tucker Smith guy. Who's this Tucker Smith guy? I, I hate to blast people on the pod, but he's kind of that. Uh, Was he the guys from the, from the Opens last year? That yeah. big controversy was around? There's been, yeah. Spot holding stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. I mean, we could get this to go viral if we wanted to, like, spill some shit about him right now, but... I don't know. I don't even know the situation. I don't even know what's get true. Get your YouTube so. channel cooking. Hi, <laughs> 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 I'm Randy Blockett, and I approve this message. <laughs> I hope I've pissed all of you off right now. <laughs> He's kind of a genius, though. Dude. He Donald Trump that one. He's making a lot of money. Yeah, you get, I mean, that's Donald Trump. I mean, whatever, right? But 
All publicity is good publicity. He's getting, he's getting the views. Yep, Jacob Fouts. I mean, those videos that get polarized 50-50. And that's my problem is I don't think we're pissing people off enough, maybe. <laughs> we got to quit cutting. Oh, or cut more. Maybe that will really get them going. <laughs> you know, cut more. <laughs> yeah, I watched that first Jacob Fouts video. You believe he's only made $7,000 in the years he's been on the elites? Is he talking about... He's talking after about after expenses. No, he's talking about what sponsors have paid him in two years is only seven thousand dollars. I feel like nobody's reaching out to offer you money. So if he wasn't asking it correctly, yeah. or if he didn't have I a value package to like propose, if you're new to that world, it's a really I sell advertising. I sell restroom advertising for a living. So my day is full of misery every day nobody wants to talk to me i'm the scariest guy to walk into the office all day right but you get numb to the fact of being willing to ask or you know just putting yourself out there which is really naturally that's hard for me right me too you know me too. two shots of whiskey i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> unstoppable no i'm just kidding but i think that's the hardest thing is it's intimidating to put yourself out there to ask for something it is. that you feel like 80 other pros just walked in and asked them or they saw an email. That's what I struggle with is like, why would I send my resume out? Cause I'll probably be the hundredth guy that week to send him a resume. So I don't send him a resume. I wouldn't I send quit. a resume. I quit sending, I haven't sent a resume this year. I'd call or I would drive there because no one else is doing that. I've never made a relationship sending a resume in the last three or four years. When I was a kid, I remember I sent a resume to Lake Fork Tackle with my two, my two to three seasons of Granite City Junior Bassmaster, you know, tournament stuff. They sent me like twenty packs of craw tubes. <laughs> yeah, and oh, yeah. ring and ring fries. Hell yeah! Yeah, you were on top of the world, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then never replied to emails. Then went out of business, but. You know, back I, in the day, I had the same kind of scenario. This was, oh man, I don't even know. I'm almost 40 now, so probably 15 years ago. I sent an email to, you ever heard of Poor Boy Bates? The Erie Darter? Cut! <laughs> I said, cut! Uh, nope. I made, never I heard of her. So much money on that darter for years. So what happened was, I was by at, home? Yeah, so this is good. there's a whole story to this. Well, then we'll get we'll get back on topic. I, I gotta tell a story. So I was at uh, Cabela's one day, and they were like auctioning off their bargain cave. They're like pallets of stuff they're auctioning off. I just happened to walk past, and I'm like, "Oh, there's like a pallet of fishing stuff here, like trout, bass. Like it was all mixed, you know." And people are yelling numbers, so I jumped in on the auction. I'm like, I ended up getting like for like 110 dollars a pallet of fishing stuff. And there had to be like 400 packs of darters in there from Poor Boy Bates. So I, I bought everything, you know. and You need all of them. They rip pretty good. I don't have any left, obviously. <laughs> so. Can I get some super glue, Jim? Next season, I start drop shotting them around home. And me the and little my, ones. The three inches, four inches. Not, not, not the long ones. Like, they're like that big. Really? Yeah. And we started winning like every tournament. Like, what? Yeah. It was insane. See, that's new for me. That's probably something I shouldn't give out, but whatever. So. 
I was ready to cut, but then I'm like, wait, <laughs> tell yeah, me more. Keep going. <laughs> we were winning so much money on it. And then we took it to Minnetonka. We won a few Denny's on it, cashing checks and Denny's with it. And we're making all this money on this little eerie darter. Well, then I run out, you know, I'm like, crap. So I'm like, I can't, I'm broke, you know, I got a pot to piss. And so I'm going I'm to email poor boys if they want to work with me, you know, and they said, sure. They sent me a bunch of free stuff and gave me a discount code, you know. So I, then I'm fishing this eerie darter, but I still couldn't afford to buy the darters from them. So then I made molds of their darters and started pouring my own darters. For like 10 years, I was pouring my own darters. And I don't it's know why. It's taken like three podcasts for you to tell me that you knew how to pour a piece of plastic. Yeah. Jesus. I told you I'm secretive. Dude. What else do you pour? <laughs> I'm super secretive. <laughs> so, God. Long story Maybe short. You can get it out of me. For about 10 years, I fished. You got a lot out of me. I fished this darter <laughs> on a drop shot for years and years and years. And it made tons and tons and tons of money on it. And I don't know why I kind of got away from it. I haven't fished them for the last few years. No yeah. shit. Poor, no. poor boy baits, eerie darter. If anyone wants to try it, give it a shot. Now, all right, wait, boy, you can take him out of the back room now. God dang. <laughs> well, so Hayden showed me that deal as really, a cold, really cold water deal, though. Oh, I was on all a jig year head. long. And on a see, head. I did that too. So like a form of a jig worm. Yeah. Like a little, I was using like a little finesse football head as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when they're eating that blade bait, he'd catch them on that. Yep. Hayden. I'm sorry, there's not gonna be any tournaments when that deal's going. So you ever heard of you Fuck ever heard off. of like the the, the Golby sled? Buckeye made them years ago. I don't know if they still make them. But that flat jig head. It's like a flat jig head with a screw lock, but it's like it looks like a little mini sled. Yeah, yeah. I would put them on that too. I've never got into them sled heads. You ever? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it kind of was a phase I went through. But I've heard them East Coast guys talk about them, like the New York, Pennsylvania. I mean, I've caught Delaware tons of fish on them, guys. but it's just. I find other things working better now, you know, so like, like the Ned Rig kind of replaced that for me, but yeah, I made, I had tons and tons of money in the Erie Darter. I still have the molds at home. I just don't pour them anymore. Sent a resume in. <laughs> Got the darters. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it all started with a pallet at Cabela's. I was walking by and they're auctioning it off and it's happened to walk by at the right time. Right as the auction was ending and then there was a couple guys bidding on it. I jumped in and got it for like $110. It's like, I had like 150 bucks in my pocket. And I spent 110 of that on that pallet of fish and stuff. <laughs> Loaded it in my truck and drove home. And yeah, that started like a 10 year long deal of Erie Darter for me. Green pumpkin Erie Darter? So I had tons of different colors, but the best producer was like a green pumpkin with a blue flake. Mm-hmm. And like uh, every once in a while, you get like a gold strip, a gold flash in it. Oh my God. Amazing. Brought your fancy pants tonight, Mr. <laughs> Schultz. Are those flakes? Are those flakes in your pants? Jeez. I thought you just wore black and green pumpkin. I didn't know you. I didn't. If it's a drop shot, then you put the flakes in there. Oh, I'll get a little fancy with the drop shot. I mean, green pumpkin blue is kind of green. Yeah. It's, that's green pumpkin to me. But yeah, it's just crazy to like rewind time, think about all the things that you use. But that was a huge staple for me for like 10 years. Nose hook it or? Yeah, nose yeah. hook it. Yeah. What else are you making? Get, ask him what he's making. He doesn't tell me. I made senkles for a long time, too. Did you make them different? Like, play with the weight of them and mm-hmm. make them different? Yeah. I had a whole formula figured out. So. <laughs> sea sand? Put sand in them? No, not, not, not like, like the sea salt, but sand, yeah. So it was a very fine sand. It wasn't like the coarse stuff like you would see in a Yamamoto senko. Really Father fine. Gill's got ground up river rocks from Lake Superior in his <laughs> hand poured sink. <laughs> a couple egg gates in there, add a little extra weight on the tail. I used to pour my own that shit. I used to pour my own swim baits too. 
Really? Yeah, like Meg Draft style. Yep. Big ones. Yep. And I'd nose weight them. So I could, like, I could do like a line through and stuff in them. Dude, do you know how long he's been holding out on me like, with this? He's like, hey, can you tie me some chickens? I don't know how to make lures. I don't know how to make lures, so I was wondering if you could make a few for me. We need to do a trade now. Now we could do a trade. I actually gave him all that, all my injection stuff, my plastisol, a lot of my molds I gave to a high school kid around home. Just as soon as he's about to make a trade. Oh, <laughs> sold my injector molds, actually, yeah. yesterday to a guy. But, no, uh, I gave them. I gave them. That's cool, man. Yeah. Why'd you give them to him? Because I got a buddy nice back. Kid? I got a buddy back home. His neighbor was big into bass fishing. He's, I want to say he's like 10, 11, 12, maybe. And they would fish some Thursday night stuff together. And they, he was asking me about all these questions about, you know, pouring baits and stuff like that because he knew I had done it. So I'm like, well, here, this. You and your, you know, you and that, you and that kid, you know, you guys can start doing them. So now, now they pour their own Senkos and they bought some uh, creature bait molds and stuff like that. Now they pour all their own stuff. So, Dude, I'm sad. I need to find somebody who knows how to pour tubes. Tubes are different. I, my favorite tube company, the guy pouring them got sick. I think tubes, you dip. They do, yeah. yeah you dip and dip and or, layer. Yeah, sorry. I, you layer them. Potato, potato, pour. What I meant was dip. Yeah, dip. Maybe uh, hollow belly you dip too. I think hollow bellies. So this is a. No, I think I think you can inject tubes. They have like an insert. I don't know. It's changed a lot over the years. You have no. It's like a, like a test tube. You know, like we used to use in like like in science class. It's like that, but on like a flat piece, and then you dip. The, yeah, yeah. Those in the wet plastic. Yep. And then pull them up and. Yep. Same with hollow with bellies. Hollow bellies, you dip over yeah. and over and over. You layer them up. And then you do... So, like, when you look at, like, a... Like, I remember Nick Gross was a tube. Got me on a tube. He's a really good tube fisherman, and that's, you know, one of my favorite lures as well. But that ISG one, remember, it was quadruple dipped. Thick. <laughs> quadruple dipped. <laughs> a zebra mussel could never pierce this tube. They designed this for the Great Lakes. Um, but, yeah, they, they, like, dip them in layers. So, yep. I'm... I've got some of most of the colors that I know I need, but there's a Malax. I've got a tournament on Malax next year, and so I need I. that. I you only have it, two. Sign up for the Pro Am. Yeah, yeah, me too. and the Team oh, Trail, team team trail. There too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you fishing Team Trail? Probably not with the Opens, huh? No. You won two of them last year, didn't you? My dad won one of them with his buddy. Where, where, where were you? I was at school. I think I was at Nationals. Pickwick. You were at Nationals, I was at Pickwick. Yeah. yeah, Pickwick. So you won Leech. Mm-hmm. And then your dad won Pokagama. Mm-hmm. So where do you the live? The year before that, Grand Rapids, which is between both Leech and Pokagama, right? It's I live on Pokagama in the summer. Oh really? So yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that lake, dude. This guy is real good out there. They oh, won under the million the year before, I think. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you took you took second on Leech. No. No, no, like sixth or something. You you got your fire lit under you about leech that year. I did. That's what probably allowed us to make nationals was you cussing at that lake, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. I heard you had some. You had a big bag on Pokagama or leech. Which one was it? You had like a giant bag on Pokagama, didn't you? Or your dad did. Twenty three, I think. On poke? Yeah, it was twenty three something. Twenty three something. But what was second? Twenty-one or twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. He won by a good amount. He had yeah. a tank. You know, six he had and a half. Six something. Yeah. Six something. Jesus. I went out there once with um, 
my one my 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 oldest son, Jenna's son actually. He's twenty one now. Twenty two, twenty one. We went out there the last year Champions Tour was there. Mm-hmm. We went back probably a month later, real late in the fall, like it was frosting up in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely destroyed them. Like I think we had twenty four and twenty four seventy five or something for our biggest five. But nothing was over five. I think I think our biggest was like a four ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like big fours. So we probably caught like fifty fish that day. It was an absolute blast. Damn. So much fun. It's fun like. Dane and I had like the in-between thing figured out both tournaments, <clears throat> real good practices, both times, last two times I was up there and it was like the first time the shallow deal that we missed was the deal. So this year we were, like, <clears throat> we're going to figure out this in-between deal and the shallow deal and neither were the winning deal, <laughs> you know, really this year as far as, you know. And in between's a relative term, but mm-hmm. that lake is, um, I think I finally got it. I want like, that's, I wish I could fish a tournament out there as soon as possible. I want the champions summer, tour to go back there. Like in August or late July again, because I, that's the lake I have the biggest probably bone to pick with right now. Just full for fish. a tournament. It's such a fun lake. Mm-hmm. Such a fun lake. I don't think they could do 65 boats out there. It well, just, I guess team trail did 80. But Champions yeah, has a lake split. There's not a lake that I don't think changes like that one, though. No. Would you attest to that? Yeah. It changes fast. Like, I mean, like, seconds fast. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's made you a really good angler as far as, like, your ADD level of not being willing to stay in one thing <laughs> too long. That's probably a big part of it. Like, You're right. A lot of people can't handle that because they're not used to that. Oh, Just I need to. Willing to adapt. Right. Right. That's you're right that's that's a big part of it yep that's why i can't sit still you seem like a mellow guy though i could see you being like a grinder sitting on one spot for eight hours making the exact same absolutely not. <laughs> dude i just like his demeanor you know i feel like you, like you could kill his dog like right next to him and he yeah, i just kind of like that's, no that's, that's like, too far one, one <laughs> i love my off. dog <laughs> that's breaking point for you that's my, over my, the line my dog yes that's that'd be over the line it's the saddest thing ever for but, me yeah so. yeah but okay so you're not a full-on narcissist that's good. <laughs> no that's but good. i could totally see that though how i could seem chill on the outside but i promise on the inside i'm spinning all day long like you know i'm just trying to listen to my gut all day long how do how do you talk to one's gut like you know what i mean like you're not I feel like a lot it, of people listening, are, to it. listening to it okay because like if it feels right do it Mm-hmm. yeah so it's but a lot of people don't know their own feelings or know themselves like you know how they're feeling right? I, I think they're scared to do it you have to trust it so fear. an example of this is fear of it not the day before I came home to, for winter break me and Nick were doing a tournament on Lay Lake and we were at like 16 and a half pounds which is usually check range this time of year but it won't get you the win so and we're like a mile away from takeoff and it's it's one thirty. we have to be in at 3 and we're just we have this spot that's 15 miles the opposite direction of the ramp that we had found some good ones in practice and we're fishing around and we're live scoping middle of the river so you just gotta hunt them down you know um and then we're hunting 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 and just three pounder three pounder three pounder can't upgrade and we're just throwing this idea around and looking back that that uh that voice to change you should never second guess that voice to change that you're doing something wrong you should you listen to that voice every time 
does it have different volumes because that's the thing i've noticed is like sometimes there'll be like that subtle little like the guts like yeah just starting yeah. to tickle the gut yeah and then there's those like but that, that turn voice around. that voice that <laughs> you, you know? need to change you don't second you don't second guess that voice sure that voice is always right mm-hmm. and so we ended up running making the run it was about 205 when we made the run down 15 miles the opposite direction and we caught a four and a four and a quarter back to back pulled the trailer went back we won you know when you talk on the phone and the chick's got like a hot voice I feel like I wish my gut had like a hot chick voice. It'd be so much easier to listen to her. You know what I mean? If she just, oh man, she sounds so pretty. Oh, I'd man. just listen to every second of that. I wish my gut's voice sounded prettier. I'd listen to it. Yeah, think about I like think. think about when you're in practice. Like you're freed up. Mm-hmm. You've got no obligation that day, but to try everything that you think would be good. Like your gut's telling gut. you. <laughs> and it's and then it usually works in practice. Why? It's why your practice is so good. It has to be the so same good. as tournament day. But in tournament day, your soul obligated to what you did in practice and you don't want to experiment because of the fear of losing and that's what you can't have yeah, exactly because you get locked into things that aren't working yeah i feel like i almost over experiment in practice i do too mm-hmm. and probably under experiment tournament day yeah. to your point yeah that's an interesting people, yeah. yeah the fear of losing keeps you from experimenting mm-hmm. team trail maybe not so much Five fish tournaments is easier to experiment, in my opinion. Yes, I feel like I have time to experiment. Yes. Champs tour, like you have this looming, ticking. Like, there's your gut that's like this, you know, semi-hot chick, like kind of like talking up to you. But you've got this loud, doom, yeah, doom, I can see that, doom, <laughs> with the clock that's louder. So you have to like tune that louder clock out to like, right, Noah? How do you do that? That's like you, the, the you've problem. got that figured out. Well, that's why you like if you look at my finishes overall, they're up here or down here. I've, I've, no, 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 no. Up here or a little bit below that. Like uh, you, you don't. Big Stone was the first time I've ever seen you. I bombed, stumped, and I, I really, you were my pick for that one. I thought you were going to mess had, us up, kind of a like a practice. Rush Lake scenario. Yeah, I had a good practice there too. On Big Stone. Yeah. Well, I, I knew you say, had a good practice because you're like, oh man, I'm fucked. Well, I shouldn't, I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say good, but I had areas that if they went off, I would have a good tournament. But I know That's that, that I never happens like that in tournament. Like, rarely do for you. Like, I can look back Shit at all. It goes down for you, bro. Well, usually because I figure it out during the day. East-West sure, Rush is the sure. only exception. That's the only tournament I can think of on the Champions Tour that actually went how I imagined it going. Really? If that makes sense. Sure. Otherwise, like, I'm just figuring it out as the day is unfolding in front of me. Do you imagine different ways it could go? Yeah, I think a tournament can be won many different ways. Yeah, same. Yeah. I always try to picture yeah. not one way. No. Because when I picture the one way, I'm in real big trouble. Yeah. Some people will do really well with the one way thing. If, like, man, I only like it doggy style, and that's the way we're going to do it. Okay? <laughs> like, there's people who are that way. I'm usually, not that guy. I'm not that guy. Like, usually, like, if. <laughs> If you can go into yeah, the right. tournament, <laughs> yeah. You need another Tony? No. If you go into that tournament day and things go down like you perceive them to go down or how they pra- how your practice went, you have an epic tournament, right? But rarely does that happen. It hardly ever happens the way you hope or think it will happen. And when it does, all the stars align, then you you blow it out of the water, you know? Yeah. Like an east-west rush kind of a deal. How about you? Same exact way. Best, the best tournaments are when you figure it out on that day. Yeah. Do you, but when, going into a tournament, do you kind of 
do you draw lines? Because you can get pretty crazy if you want to, right? So do you draw boundaries to what? No, I'll no try bounds. anything during the tournament. I get made fun of every morning because I got as many rods out as I can fit, and I usually don't know where I'm starting until I launch. I'm the same way. I love that. Rarely do I know where I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. Rarely. I usually do. So that's why I want to talk about that a little bit. How do you get yourself to not know? It's the conditions that's, of the day. That's like, to the extent of the open mind But it's the morning. Have. And for me, it's like, okay, if it's kind of like this kind of weather in the morning, I think, you know, this would be a good option. And then maybe I'll have like two other options based on if like that just doesn't feel right. Yeah. I mean, you, you, or it's between, it's between a couple areas and you, I don't know which one, but I pick one. You have, you have spots that you've practiced where you know fish are and mm-hmm. is, is a good area, but rarely do I get locked into like, I'm starting on this spot. Yeah. Like I always like ease off, man, where am I going? Where am I going? What am I gonna do? Like, like whitefish was a perfect example. Like, yeah, that was cool. I started in rush. Was that rush on whitefish? Yeah, you did. I and had no idea. You weren't I planning to. No, I'm just. Going. But you also told me you didn't. You weren't on them for big stone, and you just had a decent practice. But well, I had two good areas, but I, I I never tell people I'm on them if I'm on them. It's a kiss of death. So. But that's yeah. why I said that's why I said I didn't have good practice. I only yeah. had two good areas, and I know odds are neither one of them are gonna fire, and they didn't. Got it. So, so, ba- so back to whitefish. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. So you. I'm going through the no wake, planning on going into upper and lower, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going, planning in there, going to, to fish shallow. I'm going through the channel. It's cloudy and it's windy. And I'm like, them shallow fish ain't going to go, you know? They need sun. So I'm like, looking over at Rush. There's a big main lake point. Well, I caught some fish further down the weed line in practice. A little water, a little wolf pack of them, you know? I'm like, wind's pounding on the side of this point. I'm like, just hang it right. Start 150 yards from where I'd caught those fish where the wind is hitting. I start fishing the windy side of the point. Sure enough, I just I land on top of them more or less. And I start fishing around. I find a school during the tournament, and I light them up during the tournament. Never fished there. Never made, made a cast there in t- practice. Dude, and see, that's crazy because I also didn't start shallow. Didn't want to. Didn't make any sense to no, yeah. in my mind. Right, But I had nothing else to go to. But I have wads, and I know Krampitz had a good practice in a similar area. Dane had a good practice in a similar area. We went there. None of us caught him. (laughs) So that is like why I'm like, golly, what? That's why I would have big stories. How does that work? We the only difference I think is I wasn't cranking, and I think the fish were up. You could see them on live. They were up. Walker, Dane, the fish were up. We, we done fucked up. Well, that's why I decided to crank because I could I could pan around a few times. I kept seeing fish up and up on top of the flats, not see, on the edge. See, we, we we had really thick coontail to deal with. Side scattered. Yeah, that was okay. and thin. That was see. That's I learned something there, dude, and that makes a ton of a ton more sense. And I can think of now that area, two locations that I could have gone to to have more scattered. So that's cool. Like, that, that, because that, your your gut, if it would have been thick, how would you would you have? Was that part of why you did that? Did why you go there because it was grass? scattered, or just I didn't the wind know it was scattered. On. I never fished just, it before. Just because the wind was because of the wind was blowing on. Okay. So I don't know how it makes the wind was. It was the same. It was a big main lake point like this, right? Wind was blowing the same on our, our stuff too. It was a huge main lake <laughs> point. Like, so here's your point like this, right? And then made a, 
and it turned, you know, a huge inside po- or a huge melee point, and it turned and went that way down the straight weed line. And in practice, I'd caught a few in this inside corner, but the wind's pounding on the point right here. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'll start going to this corner here where it's kind of calm. Mm-hmm. I'll just kind of I'll hit this main lake point on the wind blowing side of the point and just work my way into that corner, you know? Yep. Yep. And I put down, started working my way on the weed line, made about five or six casts, caught a two pounder, and I started seeing fish on the live. And then I caught a 314 on that bagley and kept working my way down and kept catching fish on the crank. And then I started to locate pods of them with a live. You never left rush. No, I stayed there. <laughs> Cause I kept, I kept, I kept, and then I would finish, get to the inside corner. And then like what I thought in my mind, those fish weren't in the inside corner because it wasn't windy enough. They were fish. The fish were in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. So I pulled from more up, went back up around to the other side of the point, worked my way down. And then this side of the point where the wind wasn't hitting, there wasn't any fish over here. But as soon as you got back to the tip, you started seeing fish in the live again. You started catching fish. So then I just, you know, kept working back and forth, chasing fish with my live. So, like, this bar's the point, right? Were those, so, like, largemouth typically, they seem to sit on the backside of stuff for ambushing. Mm-hmm. And when smallmouth would typically be out they were on in the, the wind. They were, on, they were in the wind. Cool. Okay. Well, I think the reason they were in the wind, because there wasn't grass to hold them there. The grass was... It was just or, really thin and scattered. Sure. It's tall, so, or... No, it wasn't... Short, shitty grass. Yeah, garbage grass. Garbage grass. Like, it wasn't even good it grass? Wasn't, it wasn't. It was a coontail in the beginning stages. It wasn't really growing up yet. Sure. So sure. they were strictly there because of the wind in your, yeah. in your mind? In my mind, yes. Mm-hmm. I could cool. look back at Leech, the one turn my fish on Leech uh, for the Champions Tour. Um, I'm driving past. I don't want to get too specific, but yep. I'm driving past an area. I had one bite in practice. Mm-hmm. And that morning I had that bite in practice. It was calm. And I had, it, I had it on a plopper, and I was pretty sure it was a smallmouth come up and blow up on my plopper. I'm like, oh, it looks like a good area. Why went there more fish here, you know? So then, nothing, whatever. Tournament day, it's blowing, and then it's pounding into this point, you know, pounding in there, like three-footers, four-footers. I drive past it in the afternoon. I'm driving past. I get past the point. I'm looking. I'm looking. I get about a mile past that point. Whip you, come back to that point. I'm like, the wind's pounding in on there. If there's going to be fish there, they're going to be, it's going to be now or never, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure enough, there was like 50 pounds of bass sitting there. Just way late on the entire half period, second period. I just have one question. Have you ever done ayahuasca? What's ayahuasca? Okay. Because I feel like you're on some like Native American, <laughs> like, like, I don't know what, what kind of voice your gut has, but. You've you and your gut have a nice nice healthy relationship, because mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Have you like? Can you attribute any like we? I've had weird stuff. Well, it's the like same that, same thing like you just explained. Making but I'm that, not as free. Mm-hmm. I'm not as huge run. run. I'm more calculated, I'd say, which is probably a downfall. You were willing to lose mm-hmm. on that risk of making that run because you knew if you made it and it worked, you were going to win. Mm-hmm. I'm. We actually interrupted him on that, didn't we? Did you finish that yet? That story. The Lay Lake story? Yeah. Yeah, we, we made the run, caught two big ones, and ran back and we won. Yeah. How that far was, was that? 15 miles? 15 miles. So it was 30 more minutes of running. So we we had like 15 minutes to fish there. So, so we th- our decision was to run there, have 15 minutes to fish in, our, in that spot, or we could have, you know, an hour in this area where we know there's big ones here. That's such a cool... But, you know, our, both... I asked Nick, I was like, what, what are you thinking? What's your gut saying? He's like... Do it. I think we do it. And I'll just pull the troller and 
So you Go. guys talked that time. We did. We did talk that time. <laughs> we did talk that one through. That's great. Because that's that wonderful. That so was the Polish roll more up in the room. <laughs> no, <laughs> they text each other. <laughs> but no, that was definitely that was the most recent. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Dane and I won a tournament doing that, but we had a spawner up there. <laughs> like, yeah. like we knew it wasn't leaving a. A and circle. that spot is a spot. much easier to make that decision. <laughs> That's the spot we went to is the spot we had just came from to come here. But so you, here's so you I, left that spot and you went back to it. Uh-huh. We left that spot that, balls. that far. <laughs> yeah. So here's I spent a lot Big of time. Balls. I didn't have any college tournaments that last month. I spent a lot of time on lay just trying to learn live scope stuff a little more. And the amount I learned and how much timing it is, it's unbelievable. Like there was one day where. There was, you know how there's, it's partly cloudy. There's like literally like ball shaped clouds in the sky. Every single time one of those balls of clouds would go over the sun, the spots would go to bottom, like snap of a finger. And then they'd be on bottom. And as soon as the sun hit directly on the water, back on the surface, you'd watch them. And in my areas, there was so much drum on the bottom. And I don't know where the spots go on the bottom, but they're gone. But it's, it's literally a snap of a finger. You can watch them come up and they're just everywhere on the surface. That's awesome. Dude. That's I had never seen anything like I've seen that multiple times now, but that was, I mean, you can literally go from zero to 18 in five minutes. Like that's how fast they go from bottom to the surface. And now I'm trying to figure out how to catch them on the bottom. Cause I cannot figure that out. I don't know where they go. Dude, that's so crazy. And I wonder how much that plays because so when I was a kid, I didn't have a trolling motor yet. I was still mowing lawns to save up for my first trolling motor. So I couldn't move around much on the horseshoe chain, but I remember I was sitting in the back of a bay once and it's partly cloudy day, just like you're talking. And, you know, I'm anchored down, throwing around for some bass. I'm 10 years old or whatever. And, uh, like, it would get cloudy. I'd catch them. I remember this because I was sitting in the same spot. So I can make those types of ob- observations, which I think I miss nowadays because I'm moving around a little bit more or whatever. Some would come out, nothing. And I was throwing a weightless bait. Weightless tube was, like a little deal that I had when I was 10 years old. <laughs> Love that thing. Read about it in some Bassmaster magazine and whatever. Um, spots. That's where you've noticed it. Mm-hmm. Have you no- where else? So since and that epiphany, the, the most interesting part about that is the shad doesn't move. They literally leave the giant balls of shad and go to the bottom. You think it's because they can see them better and target them I, with I would, the sun. I would think so. But you think about if you turn the lights on and off. Yeah. Do you think, and their eyes are obviously different than ours. Yeah, but you, you would probably magnify that in the water. Like, it would be darker if it's cloudy in the water, the deeper you go, especially, too. So if oh, the sun yeah, comes yeah. up, maybe they rise up because they can see. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just thinking. I, I have here. seen what you're talking about with walleyes. So, I mean, huh. it makes sense. I think I think sun and clouds dictate the fishes, the fishing. Level in the, the water column? Is that right? I just I feel like it, I feel like it dictates the fishing in the day more than probably anything. Sun and clouds. I feel like weather. Sun clouds. I've that's something I overlooked for a, a long time, and since like I definitely agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Like people like I know like um, Thompson and like are big on moon phases and stuff like that, but I I feel like weather, sun, clouds. Like if those three things change throughout the day, it probably dictates w- what you should do more than any other factor mm-hmm. i mean if it's vermilion i'm gonna say wind over everything see i unlike that probably like smallmouth in general i would say wind. see i don't have much experience with really because see 
I'm, I'm talking like how I fish, like large malls. I, I don't have very much experience with small malls. That's where I really started to make the, like aside from that little, you know, spell in the, in the anchor boat when I was a kid, the pattern I've been able to, like smallmouth wise, largemouth, there's a little bit to it too, but smallmouth, I definitely felt like the sun puts them more on top of structure oh, and sure. off the bottom. For sure. And the clouds typically put them more on the edge of something and tighter to bottom. Those were like the... Mm-hmm. So depending on what type of lake you fish, you know, some lakes, the sun would position them in a better spot. Other lakes, I would like it cloudy because I felt that positioned so like, fish better. You know? Okay, come on. The, the one time I fished tournament out there, tell me if I'm wrong, but this, this is what I noticed when I was there. Well, like, he'll tell you. When it was, <laughs> when it was like <laughs> cloudy, when it was cloudy, the bait bite was really good. But when it got sunny, it seemed like they didn't want to chase the smelt as much. They're on perch. perch Does that mean? Mm-hmm. That's the fact. Like, I noticed that like in the first couple days of practice, like right away. See, the perch thing is an interesting denominator. I've definitely noticed sunny craw, cloudy bait. And the perch population out there the last couple of years, it's booming. Nuts. Yeah. Do you know how many perch I caught on a spy bait in one day? You put it down because you caught so many on it. I know you did. Well, Pike bit it off before I could put <laughs> yeah. it down. That's the, that's the other one. I, I, I put it down because I lost $14. <laughs> $14. No, it's, oh, man. And I think that's why there's so many more staying shallow now is just because there's so many perch up on those flats. I, I think, heard the smell isn't what it used to be either. Out there. Um, there was a big die-off seven years ago, eight years ago. So we were there. Four or five. Were you fishing at this? Nope, that's oh. how I know it. Because I'm on year, this will be year four for me. Four for me. Because yeah, I felt like the smell, smell was pretty, like there was a lot of smell when I was there. There were huge balls everywhere. But I'm, I not, I'm not used to. Of, I don't know if they're shiners or smelt is a big thing, but I think I saw, I guess when I, I went back up on my mission, I feel like I saw there's a lot of shiners too. It could is be. That, you think is that, that's what it is? There's yeah. like 30, 40 foot of water, and there was yeah, huge bait everywhere from top to top to bottom on this, on this little little hump. And there's it everything on it: pike, walleye, smallies, such a cool all lake. of it. Probably Gordon my... Fothergill would have caught all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's definitely a training ground for adapting to conditions for sure. They change so fast, so fast. Dude, I'm impressed with the balls to run a half hour to fish. Like that's something Dane and I, like we, like that NABC we won was that, but it was on a bed. But I like, there's but so many. We're very time conservative, you know. That is a factor for us is lure in the water, and I think we maybe let that blind our gut a little bit. Yeah, but there's like, there's truth to that him, too. But I mean, like talking to a guy like Andy Walls, like that guy's a guy who will make. Our own, and like we're sometimes a little intimidated by that. You know? I didn't realize how fast he fishes until I listened to that last podcast. Dude, like, he's I got a very he unique, cool fishing style. He, you fished against him for a while, mm-hmm. Andy. Mm-hmm. It's very unique. He, him, and Gordon are the reason Andy started fishing for smallmouth because they're the <laughs> guys who made him start doing it. Because they, you know, Andy, like he's kind of like the guy up there's a few guys but he he was a guy who'd do really well in largemouth on pokegama and mm-hmm. that river used to play a lot more i wish it would more well you gotta you gotta turn the heat up on that pond up there. <laughs> yeah we do you gotta turn that heat up up there yeah that's why right me and andy are actually yeah it is why that and weigh-ins 
I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were actually talking on the phone like two weeks ago now, and we were talking about what our styles of fishing and the way he put it is I fish the same exact style as him, just 10 feet deeper. Him and I had that exact, that's what he said to me too. Really? Yeah. That's because we fish together now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. And that's what we came up with. Yeah. It's really interesting. It is. But I think there's a little more to it than that. Yeah. But overall, overall, you're very interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> What's your perception of Noah? Like his perception of you is you're basically, you know, stare at my screens. Live yeah. Sculpt. You're Kareem <laughs> Jabul, uh, Abdul Jabbar on the live sculpts. <laughs> my perception of Noah. I know he's a dirty water guy. Uh, dirty. My perception is he's a power fish in dirty water, cover water type of guy. Big line, big stuff like that. That's yeah. my perception. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, and mine is the same, but then I look at your finishes. Small mouth. Camping on a spot for way longer than anybody else would have. Yeah. And then pulling the trolling motor up and down as fast as, faster than anybody else would have. And then hanging a 80,000 pounds worth of salad off your half-cocked trolling motor between the <laughs> next dock. <laughs> Uh, one chase and smelt on Pokagama, too. Right. Yeah. So, I guess the perception of dirty water southern boy fishing is, is there's some truth to that, but... That's where I'm, that's where I'm comfortable and confident. Is there... No confidence on smelt smallmouth to just throw an A-rig. <laughs> Pray that, to the that, ayahuasca that was gods. A, that was a swimmer. Swimmer? Swimmer. Yeah. What's your guy? You guys have like a go-to swim bait? Yeah. Like soft paddle tail? Oh, I want those glide baits. <laughs> <laughs> I rarely throw a, a swim bait on like a spinning rod. Rarely. Oh, so that was that was like a one-time deal for me. So, oh, so Pokegamo was a glide bait? No, that was a swimmer. Oh, that was a swimmer. Yeah, Kai Tech Easy Shiner. Yeah, that was like a one-time deal. I really haven't fished it much since then. Easy Good. Shiner. Easy Shiner. I like that Easy Shiner. That's yeah. what I was throwing. Yeah. Um. But glide baits a little bit. Last time I talked to you, you didn't say much about glide baits besides you wanted to play with them more. And now, when, before the podcast started, you're like, yeah, that one's a really good one. <laughs> so you you, I'm, you I'm, picked up the glider. I have a little bit. I'm, I'm still way down here. I want to be way up here. I'm still definitely lots to learn, lots to learn. Well, Waypoint, they just got some fancy one in that you guys... DRT. What was that thing called? Clash. Tiny, tiny Clash. Clash. Did they have a Clash 9 or just Tiny Clash? I just saw their post. It was Tiny Clash. I didn't see anything. It's probably, it probably the more popular one. I it is, yeah. It sold out yet? Do you know? I'm sure. They, don't they made a post saying it's selling like crazy, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were. Tiny Clash out. Gone. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine so. I haven't, I haven't fished any Tiny Clashes yet, but they're more of a, like a reactive glide. Mm. More of like... um. I would compare like a Hankel or like a Depths 250 to a like a, a drawing glide. Yep. They got or, them Depths ones yeah. there. So like a DRT would be like your reactive, like a jerk bait kind of reaction, kind of a bite. Chopping? More very, very chopping ch- bait? Very choppy. Yes. Noah educated me on this last yeah. time. He's very like, that's choppy. not a glide bait. That's a, that's a chopping bait. Yeah. yeah, there's a difference. You have like that's structure glides bait. and like you have like cover, like what I, 
have like two categories of glides that I use. Like you have like a cover glide and you have like a like a structure glide. That makes sense. Like yeah. a depth two fifty would be a big wide glide. You would want to throw like over a rock pile or like on a ledge or you'd also want to use the code Galaxy twenty to save quite a few shekels on a big bait <laughs> like that. Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. They're not cheap. But yeah, I so I've been fishing on depths two fifty for a long time. Um and it's not you not you, it, you can but it takes a lot of practice. They're hard. They're to, it's really hard to grasp how big a depth a depth 250 is, like compared to like a KGB Chad Chad. Exhibit yeah. A. It feels like you're throwing that. <laughs> but like, it, you know, I would say most people know the size of a Chad Chad because it's become very popular. And to me, that's not a big bait. A Chad Chad's not a big bait. I think it's the biggest one I own. To me, a Chad Chad would be like a numbers glide to catch more fish and get more bites i'm throwing the numbers glide bait i got it for big ones like, <laughs> like you're telling me a depth 250 is, is big it's, that's it's a, a big fish bait that's a big bait i want i want to say it's a 10 inch glide what color you like carpy color i feel like flash carp is really good flash carp i have nude black I, I fish a lot of nude black around homie club because it's we have dirty water you know yeah black really stands up a flash carp's really good nude nude black is people don't really talk about that one a whole lot because you think glide bait you think clean clear water but if you're fishing more of a stained water, don't be scared to try that new black. And you can usually get those a little cheaper because they're not as desired. Yeah. And I know like Butch Brown's come out with a lot of new colors lately. So there's a lot of different colors you can try. But typically when you're fishing glides, you're going more, you have two ends of the spectrum, really natural or obnoxious. Hmm. That's like how I, I fish my glides. And a lot of people do too, like your white and your bones, blacks, or match the hatch, really natural. Which ones have you been, like them Southern boys are... You, is that you? You exchanged a few six-pound test spools for, for <laughs> some glide bait lessons. Most, most of those guys won't pick up a six-pound test. But, no, I know, but uh, but you're picking up a glide. That's why you're using Fothergill. I'm, I'm trying it. It's something I gotta learn. What's uh? Do you have confidence in any yet? Like specific ones or the Chad Chad a little bit. Um, what's the other one? A clutch, an OG clutch. I got that's you been that's been the one of them. Mm-hmm. I paid a pretty penny for that. I bet. Actually, I bought it off a kid on the team for not that much. Really? Kind of kind of stole it off. Swindled them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that one's been good to me. But just you see so many fish, and I'm just struggling with the commitment part. And I, I think a lot of it's of timing. It, but so that, that's another thing people don't understand about glide bait fishing. It's um, so before live scope, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. You'd have some followers to the boat, you know. Right, right. But like, if I go out glide bait fishing, I might have a hundred. I might rise, raise a hundred fish and I might convert one or two of them. Hmm. So it's not, it's not what social media por- portrays it to be. And it could just be a Minnesota thing. Like we're, we're the areas I fish or maybe it's cause we don't have shad stuff like that, you know, especially gizzard shad. You throw it in front of a big walleye. Oh, I've caught, I've swim caught 15 so many, for that thing. I've caught so many big walleyes. Tell Gordon, tell Gordon. He needs to start gliding them walleyes. They come unglued. I've caught so many big walleyes on a glide. That's all I can catch with it. I put it down. Yep. But you anyway. raise you raise so many fish on them that you do not catch. I can't imagine like how them Californians used to throw them big swimmers all day. Just. <laughs> but they got tr- they got trout eaters too. Like they they have trout right. in their lakes. They have big gizzard shads, and we don't ha- we have we have bluegills and little perch and you know stuff like that. Right. Well, we were talking about something interesting with dinner, and you guys each had a little nugget with a snap. That, oh yeah, and yeah. you guys each utilized the snap a little bit differently, and I guess 
if we're cool with giving that up to me, I thought that was yeah. really cool. I'll give up anything on a glide because I know it takes a special person to fish a glide. He knows you pussies ain't going to throw it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. No. Um, so you throw a snap on a glide. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Nothing without one. Nope. See, I was throwing my Chad Shad without a snap, which makes sense why all them walleyes were biting. A little stiff <laughs> reaction, you know? Uh, I guess with me, it's, I guess I, it's not a snap. It's a split ring on a mag draft. Just, just for more head wobble. So, it, you, how much of a difference do you think that makes in the action? Like quite a bit. You can definitely feel any rod a lot more. So I would, really? I would think the fish can yeah. feel it that much more. It free, frees it up mm-hmm. more, yeah. more movement. It's huh. the same concept as the VMC ringed hook. Yeah, that makes it. a lot of sense. That's the best way to explain it. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And especially with the glide, that's really important with the glide because it allows a head to turn even further. Which more head turn equals a bigger glide. Right. Right. With the JDM tackle craze in full force, there's been a lot of hype around the new tackle shop, Waypoint Angler Supply, and their unique selection of intergalactic fishing equipment. But don't forget about your everyday bass and needs, whether it's hooks, weights, fishing line, tackle storage, reels, rods, craw tubes, beavers, jigs, spinnerbaits, jackhammers, frogs. You never have to pay full price again. There's not that many places that will give you 20% off a new Shimano reel or a new Veselka rod. On a big ticket item like that, 20% savings is a good chunk of change. You can then take that 20% and put some gas in your boat, or you can take that 20% you saved and put it into a Roth IRA. Warren Buffett that shit, which, in a year's time, you just paid for that new rod and reel. It's simple math and science. As a bastronaut in the Bass Galaxy, you can save 20% on all the stuff you use every day at Waypoint Angler Supply. Do you ice fish? Do you do the ice duggy? Do you do the ice fishing? Well, you can knock 20% off all your ice season goodies at Waypoint Angler Supply too. Who's got you covered no matter the season. So stop into their store on Lake Minnetonka or visit their website, Waypoint anglersupply.com that's waypointanglersupply.com use the code galaxy20 to save 20% on all your everyday tackle needs ladies and gentlemen world champion barbecue born in the pits of memphis tennessee family owned and located just north here in minnesota just north of memphis barbecue ladies and gentlemen One look at their trophy room and one taste of their barbecue is all it takes to know it's the very best. But the J&O story runs much deeper than that, and bringing people together, whether it's friends, family, or fishing buddies, with some mouth-watering smoked barbecue, that's what they're all about. Which is about as American as it gets. If you smoke meat, if you like to grill meat, if you like to cook meat, you need to try the JNO Memphis Dry Rub Seasoning, which will enhance your barbecue game instantaneously. Also, voted world's best sauce in 2022. You can bring this right to your kitchen table. They've got three flavors, and each one is better than anything you'll find in the supermarket. Let's take things up a notch this summer. You can order their dry rub and world-famous barbecue sauce right on their website. Visit jnomemphis.com 
That's jnomemphis.com. Or visit their Facebook page for food truck locations and schedule. Mm-mm, barbecue. I'm Johnny B. with Just North of Memphis Barbecue, and I approve this message. Right. Your line doesn't restrict the movement. See, that's that's like gangster little tricks. Yeah. Like, yep, that's that's cool stuff. You guys have any other weird little modif- like simple modifications that seem to make a, like a big I difference for you? Yeah. If guy, if, if people listening want to get into big glide bait fishing, you're gonna have a lot of swipes, a lot of ones knock your bait and not hook up. And to help, you know, curb that, what you can do is on the front hook tie a feather. It gives us something to target, and target. you will not believe how many more you will convert and hook them on that front hook. Huh. It gives them a target. See, that's exactly what I had going on at Pickwick. I would have literally schools of 50 of them on ledges come up to the glide, and I would have three or four swipes on the way back, and then I'd get them all the way to the boat, and they'd be just freaky big ones, like four yeah. to six pounders. So if you if you tie, huh. so like a lot of times I'll tie a white feather on that because then it really pops, and it sure. gives something target. Like I know guys will want, some guys like tying red feathers and stuff like that, but I like the white feather, especially like on a Depths 250 or Henkel with a really big bait, and their you know their hooks can be, six inches apart sometimes and you'd still think like how could that how can you miss it you know Mm -hmm. but you miss more than we'll hook up with it tie that feather on the front treble so that way if if they do hook up that back treble will swing around and get them on the outside that makes sense yeah so i I even have some photos you can see it like what hooks do you run on your glides owners have you messed with that that quad one at all yeah Yeah. i got a couple of that stay away from you don't like it no a lot of guys at school are throwing those, and I just I just don't see it. Nope. The, barb is, the barb is small, and then the angle of that hook was my two biggest yeah. concerns with it. I Especially like the, with one swiping at it. It's, totally. The, the thing I liked about it was the swivel aspect of it, the fact that it's got that built-in swivel. But a lot of these swim baits have that built-in already mm-hmm. on them big swim I'm baits. I'm not a fan of, of – I guess I've only t- tried the decoy quads. I haven't tried anything else outside of um, – any other quad hooks? I really like them little decoy quad hooks for a blade bait. Uh, I have horrible hookup. That's for glide baits I do anyways. Horrible hookup. I think I, everybody does, I think. but like, On glides? I don't know. No, I was I, more I saw, talking. For, Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off like that. But I'm like, no, no. Once I hook the fish, it'll come off on a quad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like typically on a glide, if you hook a fish, 99% of the time he's coming to the boat. Sure, sure, sure. But with them quads, you'll get them like halfway. Like a plopper. Yeah, like you just, yeah. which which is crazy to think about. But like, hmm. you think trebles, you think low hookup percentage and all that big rods. Like, you know, if you hook up on a fish with a, you know, on a glide, you cut, you get them to the boat most of the time. But yeah, quads for glides, I'm not a big fan. It could just be me. It could be my rod I'm using. It could be all sorts of other things. I've only noticed on a blade bait because I'm Hayden ties braided split rings for his trebles. And I'm kind of lazy, so I just buy them quads and put them on the split rings. But what I noticed is, like, when that fish twists a quad, it puts the other hook. <laughs> right, right? They can't. They can't. Yeah. If they twist it out, they're getting another one in them, it seems like. As long as the points are sharp, th- them quad hooks are, I guess, what I like on them blade baits. So I changed those try out. You try them on crankbaits? <clears throat> no, but, I, I mean, I can imagine a flat side scenario where they're, you know, a little I, less I, committal and but and that it. being a big factor that's what i got him for originally was hartwell uh for throwing get on small shad in december and i was c- trying to anticipate that a little bit see my thought with those quad hooks is 
So your thought is more hooks, points, the better. When it twists, it puts another one in them. That's where my thoughts is. So my thought was, my reasoning in my brain was why I was losing those fish is that there's too many hook points. Instead of having one hook penetrate, I'm trying to force two to penetrate. Oh, that makes sense. So it's like... On a big hook, that make like, we're talking yeah. big hook, small hook, too. I'm yeah, talking, yeah. like, number six, number eight. Like yeah. Small hook, small I'm hooks. throwing, like, two You're throwing, Yeah, we're talking yeah. about a big claw here. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my reason why they weren't hooking up, and I... I I got a ton of them, and they're just, I, they're not, I'm, I'm never going to use them. Well, there's not much of a barb on them, no. on the, on that big one. On the regular decoys, decent barb, don't have an issue. Yeah. Potato, potato. We're yeah. getting in the weeds a little I, bit. I think, I think what works for an individual works for them because they got a different hook set. They have a different rod. It, every person needs to explore and experiment with their own things to find out what works for them. Especially a chatterbait. There's eight. We talked about this before. There's yeah. eight million chatterbait rods, but it is weird how people set the hook different. Yeah. I, how do you set the hooky? Do you give her? Are you a? How do you set? I watched. Uh, you set the hook with a spinning pole, and I think you got embarrassed a few times. Well, I think you had an awkward one. <laughs> I did. Have, I did have an awkward one. <laughs> like, I think you were like your rod was up here, and then it bit, and you're yeah. like, shit. Yep. yep. <laughs> but it depends on the scenario, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. For current, you, for current, if you if you whack them, you're gonna lose them every single time. See, I know he, he whacks them, and I'm a pull setter. Like I'm spinning rod, I reel set. Okay, bait yep. caster, I crack them. But you use braid to leader. No, no, straight, straight fluoro, you crack them. On bait caster, straight fluoro, spinning braid to leader, reel in. Spinning, I never reel set. I always reel set with you everything. Snap set? Mm-hmm. Really? No, it's not snap set. It's just pressure, and then just hit them. See, I load. See, my that's rod. kind of a pull set, but it, it's guess. a little bit. It's, it's kind of like it's a step up, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But everyone has their own. That's why, like, if someone were to ask you, well, what hook is good or what rod should I use for a drop shot, it might differ mm-hmm. because, like, I'll reel Different set hook sets. and you set the hook and you might have a medium heavy or a medium and I'll have a medium light, you know? Mm-hmm. See, I feel like I, you could give me five different drop shot rods and I'll be fine with them. Like, I don't have an issue. What do you like? So, what we, Medium probably? Are you a medium guy for a drop shot? Medium or medium light, fast yeah. or extra fast. I haven't had an issue. I tend to like light stuff for my spinning. Yeah, uh, light, medium, medium light for everything. I hate medium. Light? I like light rods for like spinning. Like medium stuff. light Me or light? Medium light probably. Me too. I can't stand medium. medium light. But it's like everybody's medium light's a little different. One company's medium yeah, light's like true. medium heavy for another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One man's single rod is another man's flipping rod. <laughs> When you mentioned uh, Hayden's braid thing, it made me think uh, for spy baits, I double split ring both my hooks and one split ring on the eye hook or the eye, the eye of the bait, I guess. Okay. To, to keep them hooked up better. I did do yeah. the braid thing, but that I would I would catch like twenty fish, and then my braid would come out. I, I was doing something wrong with the braid deal, mm. like the braid would break or something. I I tried I that. Know. I couldn't. I Such couldn't a small it. hook with that, and you've got the loop on that spy bait. It's got a edge to it. Really. You know, it's bent to bent loop on the back that that hook fastens oh, yeah, to. Yeah. So you think that braid is a loop, and it's thin. Probably frayed up on that. Yeah, would be my thought. It was two summers ago. I was losing so many. I think it's a lot. I think spy bait's super important with the rod. That technique, yes. Drop shot, not as no, much for no. me. Spy bait. Spy bait. It's super particular. That you can lose them really. Do you use? And, do you use that hair rod for throwing spy? You do. 
That's what I use. Yeah, I like it. Or 7.6 medium light Synchro Avid. That's like an old school one that I used to throw hair on that throws hair like dog shit. But Dane's hair rod's the best for little swim bait, little hair jig, spy like bait. Like a bomb a spy bait with that's that rod. That's what's good about it. It's almost like... Too far? The, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'll see you in 10 minutes. <laughs> I couldn't believe how far I could throw hair with that rod. It's unbelievable. That blew my mind. You need... You ever, you've heard, probably heard about it. I've heard all about it. I, I let to. you touch one. I, I played with it. I don't know what it is. I think it, it's a combination of everything. But, yeah, I'd let you try one out. Champions Tour. Yeah, you and Dane both gave me each of your odds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you like the reel on I that. I disappeared for like six hours. I love the reel on that one, besides the weight of that reel. I don't like that. Um, I couldn't believe I, I, What I liked, what you guys don't talk about ever, which my favorite part of the rod beyond the casting is how when you load into that fish, the whole rod loads. Parable, yeah. The whole rod. So you got light line. You don't have to worry about the eight, rod fights the fish for you. You got eight foot of that. Whole, you got eight foot rubber band. That's exactly what you needed for the spy baits. Like it is. Stuff. It was so much fun that day. That's why I got two of those because like in a scenario where it's late July, I want a spy bait and a hair jig depending mm-hmm. on what, what day it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that yeah. – you can pre-order him still. I think he just is, I think he's getting another batch in, but like they probably don't last long, do they? No. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good rod. It's good for so many like that'd be good for Pokémon. Do you know how many people swimmers. don't throw a lure because it's, they cuss at it too much? Like that's why that rod's awesome. It's like that lure that you used to never that you've always wanted to throw a bunch, but just piss you off and you yeah. can only throw it for three casts because you threw it 15 and a half feet <laughs> but uh. i think the guides make a big difference with the cast due to how flimsy the rod is i think it allows the line like slingshot well you've got okay you're shooting a ball through a basket and there's as ah, a bad analogy but like when that rods it's it's got whip so when that rod's following through it's moving it's not stiff enough to go. So that causes that line to go like this, right? And so if you have small guides. You get line slap. You get, yeah, blank slap the line and, and it causes what they call resistance. <laughs> <laughs> or drag, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, dude, that rod is. I had a blast that day. Rod's gangster. It is. That was yep. so much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I want to talk about the opens a little bit. What are you, are you, you got to be chomping at the bit for leech? How, like there's a lot of talk about leech lake up here and how that's going to fish. Because I mean, you're one of the few guys I think that made it look easy. I think you outfished everybody last July and we took second, but we did not get the amount of bites you did. And, and I guess for me, those fish should be dumber than they are in my opinion they are not dumb i know i don't know what it is out there why like i was gonna ask you why the hell that is because those bastards are not easy to catch i feel like i they're almost harder than malax fish almost oh 100 yeah it's i don't understand it's i've spent a lot of time out there the last two summers and the thing i have been amazed about is it's it's a way better fishery than i ever thought it was like way better right like there's big ones in there and a lot of them. Right. But right. they are so hard to catch for the most part. It's 
I don't get it because they, they've been untapped pretty much for forever. That's what Until I'm the last two years, they've had what three tournaments on them? Yeah, where you could weigh them Four. in. They should. It and should state? be. It should be a cakewalk. State. State. Was why? not a cakewalk. Why? <laughs> I, dude, I was gonna ask you that. <laughs> I was like, that was my question for you. Is because you 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 seem to have a really good pulse on on that lake and how it's gonna fish with that many boats. It's gonna be interesting, right? Very interesting. <laughs> like, state made me wonder, made me question that. Like, I wish they'd have gone to. I feel like Vermilion could handle that a lot better. Yeah. Than leech because you get a strong wind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that place fishes <laughs> real small, real fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Team Charles last year, wasn't it, for you guys? It got really windy? Do you? Yeah. Do you think the winner will weigh a largemouth? That was it my could. biggest question. Because State last year, I wouldn't have never even questioned that until I saw State last year. And the fact <laughs> you, that... You could have. And, yeah, like, it was like, ooh, maybe them smallmouth, maybe... Like I remember Bankston was going up there and I was like, dude, if you ain't fishing for smallmouth, like you're fishing for a second. And he after the tournament, I know for a fact he wish he would have fished for a lot of largemouth too. <laughs> <laughs> Cause the state he could have made the state team pride just fishing for largemouth, you know? Mm-hmm. So you put a bunch of opens hammers on that lake. I mean It's just how many go for largemouth, how many be smallmouth will be super interesting. I feel like largemouth would be the easy target. Right. For sure. I mean. Do, so do the smallmouth out there, are they like Malax where they're very structure related? Or do they, yeah. they roam out there? Very structure they're, related. They're yeah. structure related. And bitchy, which I've never <laughs> seen before. You'll pull up to a rock and there'll be you'll see three of them on it. and Really? A lot of times you won't get, you won't get one. I mean, you'll have to hit it multiple times in order to get that that group to fire. Yeah, That's I was crazy. real pissed off in practice. Dana, it took... Dane figured the deal out, and then I duplicated it. Um, but, dude, those, there's not a guy fishing that trail listening right now that can't relate with the fact that we're all cussing at small moves. <laughs> the amount of fish you have to put your bait in front of out there to get a lot of bites in the boats, That's way crazy. more than any other lake, in my opinion. Why is that? Do you, it's got to be genetic. It's like there's only a few things I can think of. And I don't know the answer, but genetics, the strain of smallmouth, which I'm not married to that one. <laughs> uh, the muskies. But Malax has those. Yeah. I'm interested just with milfoil in there. You think largemouth will start moving offshore out there? On Malax? On leech. Oh. Because milfoil got introduced. Yeah. Low key, I think, you think that, that already is happening. I, I heard from the team trail that, but... I don't want to blow their stuff, but yeah. But that would be awesome. Yeah. I don't know Theo super well, but he'd be probably upset if I blew his No, yeah, let's not. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I'd do the same for you. So Easton was throwing uh, (laughs) a... Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That Raid Libero thing, though, is... That's a... Nobody got... Nobody else was throwing that where you were fishing it. Oh, at at Kansas? Yeah, I mean, Tucker Smith's parents probably bought him, like, 12 bags. I never saw him pick them up. <laughs> no. That was, re- that was the first time I've been able to watch myself after, like, on TV. Like, how I – I was able to watch how I differ from everyone else I was fishing against. That was the first time. Like, I noticed that right away. Like, all the 
all the other times it's just doc talk you're hearing yourself through but that time you actually get to watch like every move that everyone made and how i differ and it's i learned a lot after the fact re-watching that's what was cool to me is you had two you had a couple things to do mm-hmm. nobody everybody else seemed to be it's pretty it's part of the open mind part of it right like tucker was sculpting and sculpting and sculpting and sculpting and and you had like a couple different deals and you would always be changing and Mm -hmm. yeah but back to leech and the opens i guess are is that the one you're most excited for probably yeah that's the one i'd be most scared of you at like i think it's the only one on the schedule i've been to logan martin but that's the only one on schedule i've been to and spent time at oh really Mm -hmm. not lacrosse i've been there haven't spent much time there uh two high school tournaments there maybe six days st Clair's gonna bode really well for you i'm excited for that one yeah that's probably number two but yeah they do a little sculpting out there from what i hear <laughs> that's all i do apparently so <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a big old sea of sculpting yeah but okeechobee super excited for you're excited for okeechobee mm-hmm. why i like florida that's different than any Florida lake I've been to, but... I love Florida, but I feel like that lake is... I'm almost scared of that lake. Fishing just seems dog out there. I don't know. The, the, the elites caught them last year. Yeah, but it's like... It will be crowded, especially with the open like, field. They caught them, but it was in a square the size of this garage. And you had <laughs> guides soaking shiners there the day before. and That's part of Florida. Steve Kennedy had to do three lines of crack to work his frog right to get a bite, and locals still poached it the last day. It's part of Florida. but Right? If the wind switches enough, I'm betting on you, bud. <laughs> Let's hope. It's all about that clean water, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I've heard. But let's see what else. Wachita. Wachita is probably the one I'm most worried about, to be honest. I don't know much about that place, I guess. It's interesting. There's lots of hydrilla, uh, lots of flooded timber. I spent a day That's out a there. It's a NOAA tournament then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Water's dirty. It's not dirty. Okay. It's gin clear. I like clear lakes. I guess you can go up the river. Yeah. You can go up the river and find dirty water. I'll actually chase. If I'm on a lake that has clean and dirty, I'll chase the clean water. That's why, like, in Minnetonka, I hardly ever go in the dirty water. I got a question for you, actually, on that. The day after you won the Blackfish Classic this year, which after you won that boat, I'm pretty sure everybody forgot that you won that, too, but, um, (laughs) which was amazing. I watched you with, like, a Bagley Sunny B in the dirt doing a photo shoot the next day, and you had big ones. Oh, wow. And I looked at the weather. We smashed them. It was sunny and calm, dude. Mm-hmm. It was opposite of dirty water Tonka cranking. Like, I almost feel like you were faking it. No, <laughs> it was. So we, Sobe was there. You're going to ask him. How? We pull up to this rock pile, and we're throwing jigs and drop shots and nets, and we get a couple little bites, you know, and I'm like, I can see there's fish down there, you know? So I grabbed that sunny bee, and I, I'm not even lying. Like you can ask Sobe and the camera guy on my boat. I proceeded to catch like 40 in a row for like 24 pounds. I saw it day. on the story and I was just wondering like, did they bite that or did like, because oh, dude, if it was cloudy them. and some wind cooking and like, that's like, nobody catches them on a crankbait out there when you're catching them on a crank. Why were you, why were you even in the dirt? Like, well, that, that wasn't Minnetonka. Weird. Okay. No, that wasn't Minnetonka. That makes more sense. Yeah. No, that Got was, it. that was a lake back home. Got it. 
That makes more sense. We wanted to catch fish. That's why we didn't go to Minnetonka. <laughs> like, I burned all my shit down. <laughs> oh, that was back home, and we, me and Saul, we just waylaid on that school for an hour, probably. What is up with that sunny bee when, like, what I've noticed is when the conditions aren't right for cranking, it's like that thing still kind of gets, gets bit. It gets bit. It, I don't know why. It, it, I think just catches so many fish. It is a bite getter. Yeah. All year long. All year long. I mean, you see it on the river for the Champions Tour. Was that two years ago? Yeah, you caught him behind me. Remember? Just, just gets bit, man. Remember? I was I throwing remember. the square bill, and it was like, oh, man, I caught a few good ones, but it wasn't, like, happening like it was supposed to. It's and just subtle. And I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> subtle, non-intrusive. It's not, I don't know, when they're, their fish are kind of funky and off move, which seems to be a lot the last few years from fishing pressure. I mean, you put a couple you put, put a couple of couple hundred high school anglers and then, you know, a couple of Montevallo <laughs> fishing club derbies, you know. It just catches them. But that's probably the best shallow water crankbait for getting bit that I've found over the last, I don't know how many years. I've kind of, which is sad, I've kind of put the square bill down like the last year and a half. The regular one. Yeah. And I like basically, flat side better. Like, I really like flat side. I, I caught a lot of fish on a flat this fall when it got really cold. Sure. But I caught, caught them on a sunny bee too. Well, that, sorry, I, that's, to me... I feel flat bad. side finesse crank. Sunny B's not a full on flat side. It's a hybrid, I would yeah, say. Yeah. But it very flat side like I but would say. But it's really finessey too. Very much so. I don't know. I like it. So I you don't it throw the pro as much anymore. You just I, I no, not really, which is crazy. But well, Father Gallery fished it three times and so <laughs> did like three high school teams, so yeah, probably ain't throwing that. Me me, Jason, Charlie went down to a lake down in Iowa right after the ice went out. And, I remember um, that too. The water was, I don't remember. I think it was a week after ice out. The water was cold. I can't remember exactly what the temperature was, but it was just after ice out. I think we stopped filming, but we ended up with like 24 pounds, I think, for the day and caught like 50 or 60 fish. Crazy. <laughs> cranking that sunny bee. Huh. Shallow sunny bee, actually. We're cranking in like yeah. a foot and a half, two foot of water. When are you picking up the shallow one versus the deep one? I've found a few scenarios where I like the shallow one better. Shallow one works better when you have more of like a flatter bank. doesn't break off as fast, you know? Yeah, it builds kind of long, and if you're banging it into too shallow stuff, it seems like that little or shorter build does a lot better. Yeah, that that sh- shallow sunny bee works really well. Like, oh, I got a phone call. Jen on the pod? Yeah. I don't know. That could be, it could be the yeah, kids. It's the wife. Yeah, hey. Could be, could be the kiddos. Oh, no, Schrader. Uncle Tim. Oh, answer that. Put him on speaker. <laughs> Tell him he's on the podcast. Yup. Oh, he hung up. Call him back. <laughs> Call him back. Oh, I think he's got a buyer from my boat. First time we've called the cops <laughs> during bud. the pod. Bud. Bud. Can can you hear me, Bud? I can. You're on you're on Teal's Bass Galaxy. Oh boy. <laughs> Timmy! What's up, dude? What's going on, bud? Well, I have two questions. Yeah. Question one, did you see the email in regards to the Pro-Am on Mille Lacs? No, I did not. 17 grand for first. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, he, and I'm, I can sign up to fish it. Because you're a previous Champions Tour angler, right? I thought they said no cops. <laughs> well, you got to get them dope smokers. So. <laughs> 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 breaker breaker one nine we've got a bogey over okay 
<laughs> the eagle has landed. The eagle has landed, I repeat. So we'll see you at the Pro-Am, Tim. Well, we'll see. You're the first phone guest ever on the Teal's Bass Galaxy Fishing Podcast. How does it feel to be in the fifth dimension? Well, I should always be on the Teal's Podcast. I could talk forever. Oh, you'll be, you'll be back, bud. We miss you already. After he wins Malax. Yeah, seventeen grand. That's a that's the first time I think that's been un- announced. That's publicly. awesome. It's on the website. Oh, Jesus. never mind. Well, we're second to the party. I better put some effort in that one. Yeah, well, it'll take Noah's eyes off the championship for a change. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just means Noah's going to be camping at Malax for two weeks. <laughs> 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 Call Jenna. Get to campground. Called and already booked. I told him he's booking a campsite at Malax for two weeks. I heard they got some deals on launch boats cooking for next year. Mm. Yeah. Everyone has to use a Snoopy pole on a launch boat. <laughs> Tim, I got one question for you before I give the phone back to Noah. Please tell me you have a Lining Kugel summer shandy in your hand right He's now. He's probably working. You're working? I do, I do not have uh do not currently have one. I will have one later. When you're off of work at like 3.30 a.m.? I'm not working right now. Oh, bud. So, you're not working? But I will have one later. Getting ready for Mexico. Okay, well, you boys have fun. And we will uh, talk to you guys later. I'll call you on the way home, bud, okay? Sounds good. All right, see ya. Later, Timmy. I got to pee. Hey, what do you got over there? Grabbing my stuff again? You brought was, stuff, right? You're going to grab was, stuff. You got to bring stuff. I was playing on... Playing I know you through. brought your title yeah. box for me. <laughs> Dude, what do you think of that? Corey Houck and Wyatt Stout are looking at that guy. They caught my eye on the wall. Don't they make I, a bigger one than that, too? I have no idea. Okay. If they do, that's cool. This is my latest, like, little sneaky I waypoint. What do, you even, what do you even call this? I'm pretty good you're, you, at Japanese. Yeah, you're JDM. Sec. <laughs> that's a top bar, but you just twitch, right? Let us hit. That's, that's what yeah, Teal says. This out. It's called the Depths. Kramushi. Okay. Kramushi. <laughs> I like Kramushi. the accent. Ah, pretty bad. I, these guys are absolute samurais. I have so much respect. Yeah, it's uh, like a little... Yeah, and you rig it this way. It's when you pull it. Yeah, we've all seen those bugs on the surface. They do yeah. the, you know... I like it. Yeah, dude. I feel like it'd be a good springtime bait when the fish are up cruising. Little smallmouth, uh, calm day. That's what I got it for. Paselka hair rod. It would be fun. PMC red line hook number two, the one with the keeper. Dab there of super glue. The, the See, I'm thinking cruisers down the bank on Hartwell. So that's what I was thinking in my mind was cruisers in the spring. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If they had a one size up from that down south. But like that size for smallmouth is, I like it. See, I was thinking top water bait on the river. Slack water, all of a sudden they're not like I'm done catching whatever's there on the top, like follow up bait before I leave in the slack water, and then you excited, a little bit of bug hatch stuff. You excited for the St. Croix? Yes, dude. Yes. Yes. I don't, I've never fished it in my life, but I love tournament fishing on the river. Although I said that for the last Champs Tour event on the river, so I guess I like it because I'm. I have a lot of, I learned a lot from the last one I fished on the river, and I'm just 
got a bone to pick with <laughs> Champs Tour River tournaments. <laughs> Me too. Because <laughs> it's the first time I've sucked on the river in a tournament. I'm not a big fan of river fishing. In the last 10 years. But five fish tournaments, I mean, I love river fishing. That would have been a good five fish derby for me. St. Croix? See, I feel like it might be a better champs to a derby. I heard there's, I don't know. I've heard a lot of things, so I don't I know. I heard it sucked. I've heard that. I've heard it's good. I've heard it'll fish big. I've heard it'll fish small. I heard there's tons of fish, but no big ones. I heard, well, there's some big ones. I've heard uh, largemouth. I've heard smallmouth. So we don't know anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we know it's a river, Noah. That's all we know. We know it's called the St. Croix River, and we're going to be bass fishing it. Yep. Yep. Which is perfect for you. For me? Yeah. If you don't know what to do yet, you're just, it's going down. <laughs> That's what I like, though. I like no preconceived notions. You ever fish, fish St. Croix River? I haven't. Nope. Do you do a lot of pre-study, map study, oh, yeah. research? Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I kind of tend to not. I'm huge. I get on my birds and do a lot of looking on my map, like master stuff like that. But I won't actually like get online and read forums and stuff like that. I'll watch a little bit of YouTube just to kind of see what like the lay of the lake looks like. So but I won't take any of it to heart. If that makes sense. My biggest is Google Earth. I'll do stuff like that. Mine yeah, too. yeah, Google Earth. Yep. We're gonna leave it at that. Yep. But I won't do like look for okay. How how do they catch them? What baits are they using? What oh, part of the lake are they I don't fishing? Do that I don't either. do that. I don't do that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to know that stuff. I hate that. In fact, I think that's the kiss of death. It is. But what Easton's saying is map study mm-hmm. without any of that. I, I'll do the same thing. Allows you to run. That's what I do. Google Maps. Yep. Um, Lake Master. Navionics. Like yep. Yep. That's what I do. Yep. I do. I'll watch. Like I said, I watch some, some YouTube videos just to kind of see what the lake looks like in general. Mm-hmm. But I won't, like, I'm not like, what beta I got to have? Yeah, I got to order 100 of these. Like, I don't get sucked into that stuff. No. Dude, I don't know how people find shit in people's backgrounds of shit. <laughs> I, I can't do that. Dude, people have poached, like, some really good shit for me, for my backgrounds. Like, now I get made fun of if I ever blur out one, which is is pretty rare, but. I, I blurred out something once. I had a dock in the background. I, I caught, like, a, a 687 that had, like, a 28-pound bag. And you can see a sp- very specific dock in the background. So I colored that over with like a cloud or something I put over it. I drew a blue dock over the red <laughs> <Yeah>. dock. <laughs> it was actually a blue dock. And I put a cloud over it so you can see where I was. <laughs> I bet you got a whole team of college kids that are, are good at sniping backgrounds. I guess on a reservoir, I feel like that's really tough. Yeah, I think it would be too much. Every creek looks the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. Like we trying to do it on Minnetonka. Like right. every dock looks the same. You said yeah. there's a billion striped docks. Until you talk to a guy on Tonka. <laughs> That's knows, true. That one doesn't have bird shit on the red stripe. <laughs> the third one in. It can't be that dock. I checked it yesterday. <laughs> it's wild, though. What's some weird stuff you've been working on? Like, you guys, what I like about you guys is, and great anglers in general, is that they're always sharpening their tools. They're always perfecting their craft and it's the off season right now mm-hmm. so those are good times to be reflecting on this past season so noah learned that he did most things right not everything <laughs> so did easton but you guys i know you're hard on yourselves and as you should be best people in the game are what's some like what's the tool in your in your shed that you guys are really wanting to sharpen and hone in on I'll let Easton go first. Mine's glide bait, like mentioned before, and rattle trap. That's the other one. Glide bait and a trap, which is a player down south. 
big player and mm-hmm. I suck at it so yeah, I don't suck at it it's just I don't have the confidence that I do with the rest of my arsenal so I just gotta get that up there and sure just so it enters my rotation more sure put another shrimp on the ball be <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> how about you Noah uh, mine, mine's different I'm getting old you guys are young bucks so I'm gonna work on like like we text earlier, like, oh, what kind of IPAs do you want? Like, I'm trying to stay away from the IPAs. I'm trying to think towards next season, trying to get healthier and back off the beer a little bit so I can stay a little sharper, eat healthier, stuff like that. I'm getting older, so it's not as easy as it used to be for me. He switched to Bush Light, folks. He's making healthier decisions. It's, it's a step. Hey. <laughs> like this last year, I had a real bad, in both arms, actually, after Whitefish, real bad bout of tennis elbow in both arms. Oh, sure. And it was my first year I've ever had it. And it is, we were fishing a blackfish tournament, and I hooked the fish. And I had to have my partner, well, I tried to get my partner to reel it in for me, but he wouldn't. Because it hurt so bad, I couldn't even I couldn't even hold the rod in my arms and put pressure on it. Mm. So just trying to work on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which that's a big part of it, is the health and, you know, staying focused and sharp, you know. For sure. Big, for sure. Big part of it, people don't really think about it. If you talk, if you like, like watch a lot of the real high-level pros and people like Cal Welcher and like Schlapper, um, Schlapper was yep. talking about it too Brandon Paul and all them guys are very in tune with what they eat you know how much alcohol they consume if they consume any at all stuff mm-hmm. like that plays a big part of it for sure especially for the, sure. Like the older you get you know like I'm really starting to feel I'm not that old but I'm going to be pushing 40 here I'm really starting to feel it in my joints and my elbows and my back and I don't feel as sharp as I used to be up here so when you retire someday, you'll switch to weed. That's what all the <laughs> retired people are doing. <laughs> no. Health is a big thing, and I think we overlook it up here because of single-day events. But you have all practice, though. So. You do, and I go hard, with, but I'm drained after one day, right? So I think about, like, if I were to fish multiple-day events, I would need to make a change. Yeah, because I agree. I, I wouldn't be worth a shit. I'm already, I already probably need to make that change. With a single day event, but like Easton. Five days of practice. Yeah. And and the dude just came off brain surgery. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. That's crazy. That is that crazy to me, dude. It's crazy to me. Well, I so I'm not saying yours was a near-death experience, but I mean, it shook you up a bit. No, it was, it was near death. And the, and the story is a little fuzzy on that then, because... That's no, crazy. The, the, Talk to me about that, and I'm sorry if I made any assumptions. After the after the podcast, I'll show you the picture of the MRI of my brain. But there was this there's this nerve in my in in our brains that my abscess was it was dang near pushing against, and if that nerve gets shifted at all, I'm toast. So it's, it's so close. And the doctors don't know how I didn't have seizures, and I never had a seizure, and they're like, "How did you not have a seizure?" So. I'm out bass fishing on Pickwick Lake with a brain abscess. Should have had seizures. I'm riding all over the place. And it's the whole thing's so crazy. Gut wasn't telling you to. What was your gut telling you at that point? <laughs> the bass are shallow, not deep. <laughs> <laughs> Working on the health gut. Well, I like it. But, but so, dude, but that's. Can you walk me through that again? Just because you had a. Is that still like. No, it's done with. It's not something you have to worry about anymore. Nope. It was just an infection is all it was. It's it's healed up and we're we're good to go now, so how close of a call was it? Are we talking? Like the doctors don't the doctor told me is you you're talking like measurement? 
well, you mis- he made it sound like the doctor told me it could have been seconds, minutes, days. We don't know, but it was dang close. That's what was what they said. So it was, it was, it, it was scary. It's, it was, dude. It it. I guess I crashed a boat one time, <laughs> uh, which is different. But it like stuff like that's scary. Mm-hmm. Like. It makes you think about life a little bit oh, yeah. differently. I appreciate every tournament morning much much more now. Like, we all cheat death daily. Yeah. You don't know when it's going to happen. So, fish at next tournament like it's the goddamn Bassmaster <laughs> Classic and win you a Skeeter boat, right, Noah Schultz? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> but I guess, did that... How is your How's your outlook on life before, like, like now versus before... It, has it changed like how you look at the sport and what it means to you and like oh yeah going Everything. for it and Every, yeah every uh, life in general it changed sure just never take anything for granted it can change so fast you used to take that scope and bite for granted and you used to yeah i guess fishing overall means a little bit more now before i was just riding around catching bass but now it's a little bit more of a purpose i guess just how you describe it i don't know it just means more well, if you woke up every day and said, you know, I might not be able to go fishing tomorrow, I'm going to fish a hell of a lot different today. Mm-hmm. You know? Have you ever almost died? Yeah, once, but nothing. Different story for a different day. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, you know, it's, it was an injury that could have went bad, but it didn't. That makes sense. Dude, I've gotten super lucky. I don't get yeah. it. I got hit I got by a lucky. car one time. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but yeah, no, you haven't. No, I got hit by a car in ninth grade. This was this one was my fault. I've had two crashes. One was my fault. One wasn't. And uh, my friends and I were snowmobiling, and my parents had a couple of snowmobiles. They had a Jag three forty that you know they let me take out with my friends, which was a pretty cool thing for me. Fast. Uh, 340 was like the tiniest sled there was. It's quick though. I mean, so we were crossing the street, uh, and there was a hill coming up on it. And I had my one buddy in front of me, and a cop came up over this hill, and I watched my buddy pull out right in front of that cop. And there's three, four of my friends behind me, and I was second in line. So I like couldn't believe he pulled out in front of this cop. So like typically when you cross the road. You look like left, right, then left. And this is how I've replayed it since then. But I think because he pulled out in front of the cop, I was looking to see if that cop was going to put his cherries on and pull over. So I looked right, left, right, crossed. As I was crossing, all I remember hearing was my friend Blake behind me. No, Teal, no. Right? And the next thing I remember was seeing the front of a car and I'm and flying through the air. Jesus. Flying through the air. And I woke up on the other side of the road and like I like got up and walked like five to six feet and then fell back over. That's what I and then I remember I was laying there and I watched the people get out of the Buick and it was my home ec teacher and her husband was my science teacher in the passenger seat. 
<laughs> and you know my friends like ran over to me and uh i was just super shaken up like you know i, I still don't know to this day how like i i served and the cop saw it saw the whole thing happen through his rearview mirror and he called an ambulance immediately he thought i was dead because <laughs> i literally my, my friends described it to me as a rag doll flying further than they'd ever seen a rag doll fly. And what's crazy is my home ec teacher, she got out of the car, it came up to me, she's like, I'm so sorry, I panicked and hit the accelerator instead of the brakes, right? <laughs> but think about this. Where she hit me was, so you have a snowmobile, and below the your left hand, under that handlebar is the clutch, and your feet kind of go in right there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The clutch on that snowmobile when we pulled the hood off was busted in half. The clutch was in half. And a clutch is a pretty big yeah. mechanism, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> in half. So I think about if she would have braked, that would have been my leg. Yeah. And I'd probably be dead, right? So because she panicked and hit the accelerator, she hit the snowmobile, which flung me up over the car. No impact to the car, right? <laughs> And that's how I survived that. I had a bruised, I had a broken pinky and a bruised knee. That's it. My helmet looked, and I landed on my head. Should have broken my neck or something, but my helmet was totally mangled. Then you had that boat accident too. That yeah. was that was nasty though. And then it? I had that steering failure where I lost steering at sixty-five miles an hour and crashed into a point. And that one was also scary. But I guess for me, the the hard thing for me after that was like, why me, right? I don't, I'm not different than anybody else. Like, there's people that die in such a fluky, unfortunate way. Like, it shouldn't have happened, and I should have died twice and didn't. You know what I mean? Like, it that that's what fucked me up probably the most after that. But, um, Dude, I was not trying to one-up your story there. (laughs) (laughs) They, I've been, I've watched a few like YouTube episodes on like people who have like near-death experiences where they like literally die and go back. Those are weird, man. You ever watch those? I haven't watched them. No, those are weird. Yeah. Just watch Bass Fishing. There's a correlation. I watched like five of them. There's a correlation. What's weird is there's a correlation between everybody's experienced one. It experiences something similar, which is weird. I've never died before, so I wouldn't know. But Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Bass fishing. Safe for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but life's short. You got to enjoy it, which is why you got your shot this year, bro. And I guess how are you how are you looking at that? How are you approaching this? Like in your mind, what is this opportunity? What is this everything? Do or die? Or is this hey, I'm gonna soak this up and enjoy it? No, that's not me. <laughs> no, that's not how I work. Are you gonna you got if you don't make it this year, you plan on doing it again? If I can make it happen, might might have to work a couple of years and then but I don't know. I'll treat it just like I did the bracket. It just put the work in and if it's meant to be it'll happen that's how i'll treat it i love that attitude that's how i go about things i guess it's meant to be it's meant to be if you give it everything you got what more can you do make it meant to be all you can do is control you you can't force it can you do you feel like you force 
force it when it, when it happens for you. I, I feel like force. when I force it, it doesn't happen. I feel like you work for it. Like anything in life. If you don't put the work in, you're not going to get it. I agree with that on the work, but you can't force it. You have to work for it. But you can force yourself to work for it. That makes sense? That's something you that's, can that, force. That's what is, I mean by the that. preparation. Make it happen. Like, work harder than anybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. First one there, last one to leave. Don't cut any, don't make any shortcuts. You guys are hammers, dude. You guys so are hammers. You. Thank you. And I guess that means a lot coming from you. And, and I, I think there's a lot of hammers out there, right? And uh, there's always something I learned from you guys, and I just appreciate you guys making the trip. I guess uh, let's switch gears a little bit because I really think that we've let Easton off a little bit easy today <laughs> with the sculpin. Okay. Okay. Trade you. Yeah. I want to get into sculpting baits a little bit. Baits? Baits and and how you use it. I want to hear this. We've heard it before. Like, we've heard the t- the standard stuff. But to me, I don't know, Downey and I were talking about it where it's like, scoping's pretty, it's pretty easy to cast when it's calm out. Just like a guy who's good with their bow is going to hit that target with their bow when it's calm out but put that guy with his bow on the front deck of a boat in three footers mm-hmm. and have him hit the center of that the heart of that or stay, on, deer or stay on target right right so there's a lot to scoping there is it's just like anything else it's a tool it's knowing when to use it when not to and like anything else fishing you gotta be efficient with it so you don't you don't have a turret do you no. You're transducing I am against those. So how does that work? He thinks those are gay. I do. So. I, c- I could I'm see disagree it. with you there. But I, I think like it. I think it's because of where I'm located. Yeah. I okay. think fish in the northern half of the U.S. are very, or at least in the Midwest here where we live, are very related to structure. They don't roam as much. So I feel like if you fished like a pelagic fish 90% of the time, I feel I could see where that would not be beneficial but like if you're fishing a piece of structure and you got a 20 mile or north wind and your structure is over here i can spot lock and i can turn my transducer right to where i need to cast because those fish typically don't roam too far away from the structure i gotta be honest see me i'm just making some good points i'm just (laughs) he is it's it's just different styles i'm just conditioned to to pull up to that spot straight downwind what if you have a weed line though you can't do that it's true that's where it really shines in my. They opinion. don't have weed lines in the south. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, like, it all, it all, it's all relative to who you are and where you live. Mm-hmm. To me, it's so much extra stuff to deal with. Like I can't play the drums. Like do all that. Like I already got a cast. I already got a like. But I could also see where that goes like the other way too when you're talking about your scenario, you're not playing the drums as much like on your foot pedal point. Yeah, I'm locked. And all I got to do instead of moving my trolling motor around, I just got to move my target lock. Oh yeah, they're over here. I can just keep it there. I can target, I can even target lock on the piece of structure and move the boat if I want to move the boat. But I'm sorry, Rob, the turret's cool. All the other extra coals, <laughs> super gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it Rob store is my boy. Hummingbird makes good I stuff. I think it has its place. Like, I, actually, my, yeah. my plan this year is I'm, I'm really debating. I want to kind of hear you guys' thoughts on this. Sorry to get sidetracked again. Hey, it's the galaxy. We're in the fifth dimension. <laughs> what happened to the fourth dimension? Where'd that one go? I don't know. 
So you could be in the six now if you want. It's a galaxy. You good? So my my, I have two two ideas for next year. One is to run a transducer on my target lock, one on my trolley motor, or one on my target lock, and then have one for my console, my steering, so I can idle and scope. What would you do? I'm probably going to run one on the trolley motor and one at the console this year. That's probably what I'll do. Idle and scope. I don't know how much I'll use that really, but because my deal is I, I'm trying to find as many isolated pieces of structure as possible is, is what my favorite thing to do. And I just rotate isolated pieces all day, like kind of one cast type deal is my favorite thing to do. We should cut that. <laughs> What's there to cut? <laughs> it's been done before. Too juicy. That's like that's Patch my Lapper style. I feel like, like I was Lapper listening to Noah, me. Pat, Andy Walt. Like that's yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. They're, they'd both be. They'd both have their benefits. I don't know. Depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. It depends where you are for sure mm-hmm. with that. Which, which goes back to what I said around here. I feel like target lock is king if you're running live sonar. Like at school, I wish I had two live scopes on my trolling motor, like on the shaft. One in perspective, one out. Both forward. Just different, different ranges. So dumb key quits different crossing ranges. over you, or <laughs> different angles. Yeah. Or oh, ranges. different ranges. Ranges, like 100 feet, 50 feet, 150, 80. Why? How, when how, I when I'm hunting a fish, I have my live scope range at 150 to 200. It, it's it's part of the efficiency thing. You you, you want to get locked in on another fish as fast as possible. Yeah, I see that. If you're just rolling around at 80, it takes a little bit longer. But if you put it, the range out further and you're moving your boat, you'll get locked in on the next fish faster. It's sure. all about the efficiency piece of it. So they're pointed. Do you have, uh, are they stacked on top of each other? Or I would have they... one barrel mount, you know, the on the like right next to the prop and then one on the shaft is what I would do. And you would move? I would have, ideally I'd have two screens, one on 150, one on 80. Two garments, but that's basically the same thing I did in East West Rush. So, are you talking that you would run a separate pole? <laughs> no, no, these, these would both be on the trail motor shaft. <laughs> oh, on the same shaft, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I did that same thing was, on East West Rush, but I did it with landscape and 360. I had oh, my really? 360 set out further in my landscape set in, so I could, like, same concept you have, I could see things way far out and know when I'm coming up to them and where they are. And then my landscape was my precision cast, too, if that makes sense. I could be way more efficient. Mm-hmm. That's that, how. That makes and sense. And you were, I'm guessing, much shallower than I'm doing. Yeah, I was fishing two to six feet all okay, day. Okay, yeah, landscape. Would, yeah. But the same concept, like oh. what you're thinking, is you can see things way further out, so you can anticipate where they are, mm-hmm. where they're going to be, and when you're going to come up to them. And just, you're not wasting any time then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did basically the same thing I did on East West Rush. Except... Landscape, 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 and 360. Earth is flat for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's a good idea. Though. I like that. That's crazy. So, but they're 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 on top of each other or next to each other. So one's looking. Let's say one's at ninety degrees, one's at sixty degrees. They're the same, same angle. On top, on top of, each, of other. each other. Got it. That's okay. That's a good idea. So now, so now I have three options for next year. Well, you heard about, I mean, I've heard about like Koyo Fujita um, with the saltwater transducer for looking out 300. Yeah. And he's got two screens for one transducer. 
And to me, that's kind of like what you're saying. Same idea. It's almost like it's Same like idea, a video yeah. game, and you you have to like you want to be ready to cast as soon as you see the fish at beginning of screen like number two. Mm-hmm. So like if you see a fish. To me, it's cool because you see fish 200 feet out on Lake Champlain, right? And they're open water and they're cruising around. How you position the boat to catch those fish becomes everything. Mm -hmm. And if you could see them at 300 versus most everybody else's see them at 190, and you think about how fast they're swimming around, the advantage you have in distance of stealth. How many more more fish you're going to see? You're going to see more fish, and I bet you make less casts per catch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like your catch rate's going to mm-hmm. be better when you can position the boat right. Because he's in his perfect scenario, he's going to see twice as many fish as the next guy. Oh, yeah. Because he set out twice as far in his furthest transducer. Right. And his, his 80 to 100 feet transducer is his casting transducer. Mm-hmm. That's smart. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good little nugget there. That is a good little nugget. Makes the guy think. So now what should I do? But well, I don't know. how many grands do you have? I mean, <laughs> what a guy should do is that plus that <laughs> plus two scopes, like plus a console. Plus a console. Scope. I might only one. I might. I might just run one live. That console year, scope thing is interesting, Dane. I might. I might do that. I might Dane do that. figured that out without us knowing that was like a thing. Really? He, on leech. That's how he. So do you do it at the console so you can turn it, or do you just mount it in the rear? I've never done either. Neither I've never I. idled with live scope before. Either. I feel like there'd be a lot of drag when you're idling on your transducer if you have it faced this way. I'm going to let Dane let it out, but I run two Lorances with a Garmin and a Lorance Ghost. He runs three Lorances, or no, two Lorances and a 360 and a Ghost. You don't have 360? No, I sold it to Dane with that oh. boat. So I ran. Do you have he, had, he has three sixty, and I had live scope. I was gonna say, uh, oh man. But Active Target connected to his console, so he idled around with his trolling motor in the water. Mm. Well, I suppose you could do that to bypass. So if you're running a network system, you could save not having to run one at the console if you're just willing to put your troll motor in but the, the nice water thing. and then cock it, and you got the turret anyway, so you're like. Yeah, smart man. Oh, yeah, it's not. I'm not. I'm just repeating it. I'm just like letting it out of the bag. I'm just the. I think we should double back on the 360. I can't believe you don't have a 360. I want one. I just, how many. You got to make decisions, right? And for me, I've never run three graphs up front. And I I I felt like I needed skull because I saw how good the perspective was. Yeah. And I felt like I could use perspective and scope in a similar way. Because Lorance, the GPS is really good. So I got good at fishing offshore, protracting, making the right cast without 360. And 360 just made the picture better. The other thing I've got is a 3-in-1 nose cone on the bottom of the trolling motor. So I can literally point it at structure and know where the weeds end and the rocks start. It's blurry. Your average Joe couldn't read it, but I've been looking at side imaging long enough. I know what hard bottom, soft bottom looks like, and I can point that thing around real time. So I had enough confidence to do that because James Chapman, a guy I fished with, he had Poor Man's 360, which was a side imaging transducer with only one side working. 
<laughs> and we did pretty good in a couple of tournaments, sniping fish off that. So, like, at the end of the day, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'm not at the level where I, like, if I was, if I was you guys, I would probably be looking at three graphs up front a lot more. I just feel like I'm not quite to the, the level where. I feel like I. I feel like I should be able to do better with what I've got than need three graphs up front. That's right. where I'm at. I need to develop as an angler with live scope more than I would with 360 because so, I'm good at side imaging and looking at it and dissecting that yeah. that aspect of I, fishing. I, I couldn't live without 360. I get that. I, I couldn't. I, I carry a spare. That's how important it is to me. Well, like Dane and I would get in the boat and he's like, man, I wish I had my 360. I was like, no, dude, like it's fine. And then other times I wish we had it. You know what I mean? It seems it's to really depend on where you're at. Like precision. Like it's, again, it goes back to efficiencies, you know, and when you make that cast, you know, your bait's going to land where it needs to land. Like you're not wondering, is it on that boulder? You know, right. Is it, is it on that brush pile? Like you're, you know, when you make that cast, it's going to land where it needs to land. Like what speed do you run yours? On? Three. Three. Yeah. Same. I want a nice, clean, precise picture. You wait a little longer to see how big mm -hmm. the bluegills are next to them bass. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. More detail, right? Exactly. And that's why I use it. And then, then you pair it with a live, and any live imaging sonar, like, and it's just, like, crazy. You're a Nazi about your wiring, I know. Yeah. I'm curious if you're as, like, that way or if, mm -hmm. yeah. You have to be. Yeah. Or you don't get clean images. It's crazy. It's a waste of time if it's not clear. Exactly. You'll miss a lot of stuff or you'll just get distorted. You'll get interference. You'll have issues. Like if you don't have clean wiring. Oh, yeah. You guys run lithiums? No. I do. You well, do? This, this last year, two years actually. So trolling motor not cranking. Yep. Uh, do you like them? Yeah. I can still kill them. I don't know how. 100 amp hour, 3, 12 volts. I can kill him. You do move fast, Father Gill. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I'm, if I'm, so I'm, I'm laid, we're scoping all day. I can't run on 10 all day or I'll kill the battery at about 1.30. Really? So I got to put it on 7 because that's, it it, that's where it uses less because I told you about this on the last podcast, didn't I? How, the, I how so. it goes gradual, 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 and then you put the Tromar on 7. It's exponential then how much power your troll motor uses. That's a big deal. I remember what, back when I had a 12-volt troll motor, that's when I learned that. that. Oh, I remember them days. Me too. Hauling the old deep cycle battery up to the house to charge, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Every night. Simple times. <laughs> Simple times, right? Oh. Simple times. I'd be so sad when that troll motor battery would die. Yeah. Oh, man. It'd be a At lot. the five-speed Minkota, click, 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 click. <laughs> It'd be a lot slower to drive home than it would be to your spot every time. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Oh, well, I don't know where we're at for time. Oh, yeah. No, we got enough time for this. Okay, so, for a beer? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to have a Tony for this one. I'm going to have me a Tony. Shit. I'm just take my headphones off. Bad news for you. You get a Tony. What is a Tony? <laughs> you 
get a Tony. Iced tea. I think they're kind of shitty, but I don't mind them. This is like, I guess, the college. I picked these up for Easton because the frat kids are drinking this. I guess. Bush Light's got more alcohol in this thing. So I'm a, I'm a scoper and a frat kid now? Yeah, dude. That's my title. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Cole was telling me Ooh. it's called Boozy. Boozy Iced Tea. Two Turnt Tony. That's what it's called. That's why they call them Tonys, I guess. They call them Tonys. Tony don't taste very good. No, 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 no. Thank you, though. Not complaining. You don't have to drink it. They're not a sponsor of the show. <laughs> Fuck Tony. <laughs> I don't even like Tony. I don't think they're bad. You can get better sweet tea down the street, I suppose, where you're living right now. So you're back, you're back though. When do you go back to school? In second. Okay. When do you graduate? First week of May sometime. I don't cool. get to walk this year. I'll be at the open on Logan Martin. So. That's cool. <laughs> Got priorities, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, isn't that the dream, right? It's like, sorry, I can't make graduation. Get a I'll be bassing. I think you should go through what you all received for that win because I talked to many different people and I've heard many different stories. That's a good point. That's actually a really good point. Cause what I've, I won? I've heard bracket? the same. Yep. I thought you won an Open's birth, but then they didn't announce that. They like, didn't. that wasn't like... That was... that was Which yeah, I was pissed that about. That was messy. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, winning that, I received entry into the Bassmaster Classic on Grand, uh, full entry into all nine Opens, which that was the that was the catch. Uh, Bassmaster is saying that if you're not a graduating senior, you won't get all nine Opens from now on, which I am a graduating senior. That's why I got all nine. And so then, if you'd have been a junior, they'd been like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to hurt for whoever that is. It, I, yeah, dude. I don't agree with that, but because I'm still doing school this spring. Like, it's... I, I suppose I they're I, like... I, I, I don't want you to drop out of college. That's that's their reasoning. They that's do what it they with say. football and hockey players all the time. They redshirt you? They should have redshirted you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't agree with that, but anyways... um. And then full use of a brand new Toyota Tundra and a Nitro boat for the for this next calendar year. So that's 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 it. That's what I get. That's Which, it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not downplaying it. It's, it's gonna be. I'm, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be the biggest year of my life. So I'm. No, I was I, just. I can't no, wait. What I, like what happens if you scratch that boat on a nice stump like somewhere? Like how have they walked you through that yet? Like do you have to get insurance? You. On the insurance, or they? No, they're on the insurance. Which, wow, it's it's crazy. It's, it's dream come true. Yeah. So it's a, it's a full ride, pretty much. There's it, no full payment. There's no insurance. There's nothing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a full ride after college. That's like what you go to college for, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lot of people go to college and like. It's like being a communication major, going to college, getting a full ride after. Unheard of. <laughs> or an art major. You're an art major. Hey, we're going to give you a full ride once you're out of college. So that's, dude. I still can't believe it, but I'm excited. Yeah. Can't wait. Hell of an opportunity. Opens paid. I mean. Oh, I forgot. $7,500 on top of all that to go towards the Opens travel. That'll cover a good chunk of it. Yep. 
So we've got it on the record now. So there shouldn't be any more yeah. confusion. It's better than I. It's better than I was kind of let down when I when you did it, and I was like, oh, I thought he got. I, I, you, I was too, because I was told I only get one division. I was just like, that that takes all the wind out of it, kind of. Or just a classic birth, like that's cool, right? No, yeah. Who doesn't want to do that? But and don't mention like don't forget to mention that the last place in the classic is ten grand. Exactly. So. Oh shit. So yeah. Yeah, you already so did I'm, that. Yeah. So I basically. So you're covered for the next season. Pretty 100%. much. Nine opens, I'm covered. Pretty much. Dude. Sick. Dream come true. Okay. Did you find any bull shads since we last talked? I or? did. Okay. So I, I don't, you got, you got some of them? I'm stocked back up. He came over last time and he's like, can I have that? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Like, I need it. <laughs> It'll play. I don't know when to throw it. I felt like I knew. I think I caught one bass on it this year, but it's fall time. Fall time. That we got. I, we got. I got another one. I'll, I don't want to say over the podcast, but there's an, there's another bullshab type bait that I'll tell you guys about after. Okay. So I got I got two nuggets. I guess I just want to know the secret bait. That's okay. why I drove here. <laughs> I think I want the truth. As best you can. Okay. And you might be able to lie. You can lie about the size. Okay. Okay. Sculpin minnows. I know that revoltage drift fry mm-hmm. has become quite popular. Mm-hmm. You throwing that? A little bit, yeah. It's part of the rotation for sure. You like the little one or the big one? This is the part you can lie about, but that, it's up to you. It's all about what forage I'm trying to mimic. Three all the way to the five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It varies but they all play. Such a weird-looking bait. I know Waypoint's, like, been sold out of them, but... They've been flying up. They're hard to get for, for good reason. Well, we were talking about pink, I remember, and I went up, and I had that pink drift fry, and I remember I couldn't get a couple to bite, and I threw that pink one in there, and I caught one. Really? Yeah, and it made me think of that story about you and Dumpy with about the Nick. jerk bait. Yeah. Scoping them, and I was like, but then if you just throw a pink one all day, it's like it doesn't seem like it's the deal. It's all about learning how to read fish's reactions on live scope, how they react to your bait. For sure. And their demeanor. So how many different scoping baits will you rotate through? Like That's part of the reason why I have so many rods on the front deck. I can't fit another one. Right. Because I got my scoping rods. I got the rods for when I'm running down the lake and I see a good-looking laydown. I'm going to flip my jig into there. I'm going to ride over a brush pile. I'm going to drag my jig through that. This is how I roll. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> that's that's how I roll, too. With less effectiveness, that's how I roll, too. 20 rods in the deck. Yeah. Rods have to make one cast. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm put it such on. a proponent of that. I would love to know how many times my troll motor has been up and down, up and down, up and down. I know In so its career. Many, that's crazy. See, I need to be better at that. I don't. I fish. I'm good at fishing an area. And it seems like when I get away from that, the problem is, is like the lake I grew up on is a milk run, spot on the spot deal. But it seems like my success has come good at, you know, hunkering down in an area. So it's like, I always struggle with when is it, when is like in the championship on rush, I feel like if I had never left that area, I was catching them. I could have top five that event. 
I wouldn't have taken second, first, or third, but I think I could have top five that event. But all that was going through my head the whole time was, this is not the tournament. We're fishing for fifth. So I... You got to roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. And I got ninth. Oh, done the same thing. But I, I know I'd have finished better if I milked that area. Yeah, but you're not fishing for... Would you have won, though? Were you fishing to win by fishing that Nobody area? Nobody was... Everybody was fishing for second place that tournament, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. There's nothing I could have done. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> I might have thought so in the morning. I felt real good for that one. And uh, he went shallow in the morning, and I went deep. And I really was feeling good. And I could see him down there. I don't know if they were bass, or, but I couldn't catch him out deep. And you're catching him shallow that morning. Um. But I... I didn't. I was fishing to win, and I didn't think I could win shallow, like on on that side of the lake. <laughs> and shallow is relative; ten feet deep, yeah. right? Yeah, but on that lake it is. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a ramble there. No, but I was just thinking while you were talking about that. So I think the reason I adopted that style of fishing I just explained is I'm super good friends with Wesley Gore. He just qualified for the Elite Series. He's one of my best friends, and the first time he ever took me fishing, he he, he sat me down and said, "Don't ever fish insane." And they said, when you go home tonight, look up the definition of insane. And I just thought about it the rest of the day, like, fish insane, that, that's got to be a good thing. And I looked up the definition of insane, and it's doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And he has that written on every graph on his boat. And he, he thinks that mindset is why he qualified for Elite Series this year. And that's, I'm, I've been thinking about that ever since. Like, I got I to gotta revolve around my, my fishing style around that. So... Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a that's one of the biggest nuggets I've ever gotten. Isn't it weird how that works? It's like you read a business book, and it's all shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that quote gets thrown all the time. Yeah, definition of insanity. I see and see like insanity is something that I already think I am, but I didn't think it was that. <laughs> like I didn't either. But then again, you know, a lot of people make. I think most people are a little bit insane. They makes get stuck sense, in though. a rut. You mm-hmm. sit one spot all day long. If you're not getting bit in the morning, you know. Odds are you're probably not going to get bit in the afternoon unless you really understand that area. Right. You know, and and what pool. I see so much is guys will get on this deal in practice like, oh, I'm swimming a jig and I caught so many yesterday out there. This podcast is brought to you by my compadre, my tournament partner, my brother, and the best rod builder above the Mason-Dixon line, Veselka Fishing and Customs. Specializing in custom fishing rods. That's right. Hand-built fishing rods, custom-made and tailored how you want, whether it's by length, action, specific technique, balance, or anything you want. Anything. Veselka Fishing and Customs can build it. Mr. Veselka also has a wide variety of rods to choose from, which we've had a lot of fun with, perfecting and testing. The most unique and famous rod developed at Veselka Fishing and Customs is his custom Marabou hair jig rod. Have you thrown the old Canadian dinner mint? The Harry Gary? The Fighter Fly? The old Thin Lizzy? If you have, then you know these little fluff balls can be hard to cast, especially at those key sizes as light as 1 16th of an ounce. Well, what if I told you you could cast that Marabou jig 30 to 50% farther than you're casting it now. What if I told you you don't have to spook those shallow, skittish smallmouth? Well, with the custom hair jig rod from Veselka Fishing and Customs, not only can you cast a lot further, 
but the way this rod loads up on a long cast is pure perfection. This balanced rod has the perfect backbone with a light action parabolic taper that keeps those fish pinned without breaking your line. Mr. Veselka utilizes an 8-foot custom fly fishing blank converted to a spinning rod and couples it with premium guides leading up to custom fly guides that allow maximized casting distance and reduced line friction and blank slap, maximizing your overall performance, obviously. And we found this rod is not only perfect for marabou hair jigs, but for any light bait you need to cast far including small swim baits, spy baits, and more. Any light bait you need to cast far, look no further than the Veselka Fishing and Customs Hair Jig Special. So head on over to his website, veselkafishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A fishing.com. And treat yourself to the custom hair jig rod or any custom rod you can dream up. Hey guys, Gaff with Waypoint Angler Supply here. Just wanted to highlight the fact that we have the big bass resource right here. Obviously, everybody in Minnesota knows about Kytex and the littler swim baits like these bait labs here, but we're here to have the big baits here in the store. We got Huddlestons, we've got the dangerous swim baits, the jointed claw glide baits, and the bull shooter glide baits, but it's not only the baits. We've got big rods, big reels, big line, and all that good stuff for you guys to go ahead and chase your biggest fish of your life. So swing on into Waypoint English Supply and get hooked up with the biggest tackle around. Learn to bite again today and, you know, maybe you swim a little bit, you get a, you catch a good one, you know, four pounder in the first couple minutes, and then you proceed to swim three hours and mm -hmm. your mind is second guessing that whole three hours, but you never, you never change because because he caught me that goes back to what we started at the very beginning to my soul very that's exactly my problem <laughs> what you yeah and we're that's about in the beginning of the podcast like rarely does a tournament go the way you expect it to and yeah. if it does you usually knock it out of the park oh right? yeah but that right. rarely happens as soon as you're swimming that jig and that your gut tells you that you gotta change something you pull the trailer and you change right then you don't second guess that see for me i've had it work a half hour in <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I'm when yeah. I'm I, I fish with my one of my teammates on Ufala. This is this is what's the most obvious you know lesson from this. And what I explained is exactly what happened in the tournament. We caught a good one right away, swimming jig, and he had caught like he had like 25 pounds of bites the day before. Like we were gonna win, blah blah blah. And I was just like, okay. And I drove down the night before because I was fishing with him. I I was somewhere. I don't know. That's beside the story. And. Like I said, we caught a big one, and we swam and swam and swam, and I'm just thinking, like, man, we got to do something different. He's like, dude, we're going to run into him, I promise. I was like, okay, we'll keep swimming. And it was like 1 o'clock. We finally changed and picked up a speed trap crankbait and went down a went down a channel swing bank, and he caught a 5.5. And, and by then, we didn't have enough time to make that adjustment, but that was that was just you got to listen to your gut. I feel like you described my whole tournament season there. <laughs> 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 Dane, I know you're listening. You had a good season. You top 10 points, didn't you? <clears throat> so on Champs Tour, it was the best season I've ever had with points. Least amount I've ever made, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like I didn't have any top fives in any events. I was very mediocre, but which is, I guess, okay for points, which doesn't do me any good. good Team Trail was like my previous Champs Tour years, which weren't good either, but we had a good, like... Bang, knock one out 
you know, close to winning one if Father Gill wasn't there. You know? <laughs> or just like Champ Stewart, come close to winning one if Noah wasn't there. You know, <laughs> but I'm so glad you guys are there, man. And I'm not. That's not like you know what I mean, though. Yep. <clears throat> so it's I'm trying to learn and get better, right? And made plenty of mistakes this year, and uh, just try to correct them moving forward and simplify things a little bit. I think I'm. You get new technology, and you got all like, there's not a lot of people that could handle that many rods on their deck. You know what I mean? It's it's almost stressful. Can be. Yeah. For me, I need I need to I need to be complicated, but I need to be simple in certain aspects like my decision making i think needs to simplify a little bit like I'll just you know. roll the flow that's kind of the same way i am i don't really think i think about the day of the tournament before the tournament starts but like i'm not married to anything mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah like yep. i'm okay to go try something but like again like we talked about earlier like the champions tour it's very hard because you have that that clock beating on your back you know and you know the scoreboard is constantly moving and you're going down. So it's very hard to do it in that format. It is. Very hard to do. It is. I think I need to shake more. Like, I, I like the Kyle Shooter approach to Champs Tour, and I think I'm going to shake him. Just go bites. Don't even worry about it. Don't set the hook once in practice. I hook a lot of fish in practice. I know you do, and that might work for you. But I can't I'm, help it. I can't either, man. I need to catch some and putting dummies on everything like that's a process of it in and of itself i gotta hook a few just like keep your mind in the game you know sure i i'm on that program i hook a few and i feel like there's 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 i just don't confidence and mental benefits to hooking a few you know i agree with that you practice i guess it's a little different up you hook your fish no, I try my best not to. Just enough to kind of get an idea and then just find yeah, as much I, stuff I, as I, possible. That's, that's what I do, too. Like, I go, up to, I go up to an offshore spot, and I'll catch one or two fish out of that school, mm-hmm. and then I leave. Just to kind of gauge what's going on and how fast they're biting kind of gives you an idea of what's really going on down there. <laughs> but, like, if I'm going on, a, like, a weed line, I'll, I'll keep hooking fish unless I feel like you – know, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it, like – if I get bit, I'll catch it. I go another 15 minutes on the sweet line for 100 yards. I get another bite. I'll catch it. Like, I, I know that I I can't do that in the Champions Tour, you know? Yeah. I can't fish 100 yards for one bite. So, yeah. like, I'll burn those fish until I find a concentrated group of them. Yep. I'll just keep burning fish and done. Also, when I catch one, throw back in, catch another one. Okay, throw back in. Now I'll start shaking. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Try to. Yeah. Or if I know it's like a one-off fish place, then I'll, I'll cork them. <laughs> Just because. Man. It's hard for... I get so wound up and so excited, I think, is the problem. Which, I, yeah, I just... I think I'm... You know, like, how they'd say, like, some people's prime is, like, later? Like, I feel like I'm still that rambunctious bastard who can't calm himself down in the boat. And I think that's my, probably my main problem. Calling myself down enough to realize that Helen's voice deep in my gut is a beautiful sound and not the scratchy thing that I thought it was. You I, know? Mean, I feel like you do make a decision. Like, I'm watching that Champions Tour video of Gull Lake. Yeah, I made the right decisions like, that day. I watched you, like... Executed wrong like at the end. You're but. talking yourself through, like... It was at one point where I just took the lead from you and you were fishing an area, like, we gotta go. 
You did. They pulled the troll motor up. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the right decision. Like, stuff like that is what you, what you got to do. You know, you could have sat milked that area and hoped you got a few more fish. But like, no, I got to make something happen. We got to move, you know. If I had a couple dock rods left, it was definitely the right decision. Figgy wasn't there. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Figgy, by the way. <laughs> well, dude, no. If he wasn't there, I couldn't skip under them docks anyway. I was too nervous, and I didn't have. I was skipping deep stuff under docks like I could do it. It was real ugly. Like you were making fun of yourself hitting posts. And like, Man, if you'd have been the camera guy watching me try to cast under docks in that last twenty minutes, it was embarrassing. There's a lot of decisions. A guy like I'm sure like it's not just one decision throughout the day. You make thirty decisions like that. You know, one or two of them pay off, or one or two of them click. That's probably the reason like, why I move so quick. You're like, aha. Just need to make you know? five wrong decisions. That next one could be the right one. You mm-hmm. just need a couple to pop off. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why I love five fish formats. Mm-hmm. For my brain, I'm a weird. I like to get weird. I like to do that. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like Champ Stewart's tainted that a little bit. Even in, like, and I'm not one to make excuses, so this isn't an excuse, but John Figgy mentioned it to me about I remember that. He, thinks it's, he thinks it's hurting his five fish tournaments. And I never understood that, but when we talk like this, it makes a little more sense. See, I feel, it, I might, I feel like it helps my five fish tournaments. Because the Champions Tour is forcing you to make those decisions on the fly. Because if you don't, you know you're dying. In a five fish format, you don't know if you're dying. Right. But everyone has their own opinion, obviously. But I also feel like you're willing to try more than most people in a Champions Tour event, maybe, or maybe not. You don't seem that stubborn. No, I just don't want to lose. Who does? So I'm willing to risk. I don't care about a 15th place or 10th place finish. I'm willing to risk a bomb for a top three. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It so does. if I'm catching them, but I'm only in 20th, I'll bail on that. And I'll go swing for the fence to something else. I might end up in 30th or 40th, but if I connect, I'm going to be in the top five, you know? Yeah. Whitefish would be an example where second yeah. half I played it safe. Did you? Oh, man. You were fishing no. the hot there. They were loaded there in practice. That's why I stopped there. Oh. Be- I knew they weren't that big, but I had that school in pine. Oh, you didn't go up there? I, Novak and I cross notes after, and I'm like, <laughs> it was too long of an idol. You don't want to sacrifice the time. I was already down. It was a big risk. But it's like, I'm already down. Who gives a shit? The problem was that spot was open. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I caught him there. And uh, then it was like, well, now we can't go to definitely Pine. Now we late. definitely can't go to Pine. <laughs> now we definitely can't make the idol. Oh, that's funny. So. Yeah, it's such a funny sport that way, dude. You got to swing. And like Bankston, leading after the first half out of rush, decides to stay and double down, falls back to fifth. I don't know what he should have done there, you know, but it's a mat. You probably burned him, bud. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that goes back to all this whole decision thing and trying different things all the time, like me and Easton are talking about. That's what cost me the win on Whitefish. I had the lead. You did. I had the lead for the majority of the second half. And I seen Keller and Novak rising the leaderboard really fast. I'm like, at this pace, they're going to pass me. I know I can sit here and catch more fish, but what they're doing, they're going to pass me. Mm-hmm. So I bailed. And for the next hour and a half, I didn't catch a fish. 
and they stopped catching fish too. If I just would have stayed, I would win the tournament. But I left biting fish to go find fish that I could catch faster to keep pace with them when they ended up stalling out anyways. So Champs Tour gets you too sometimes. <laughs> and that's that what day. it does to people. That kind of stuff. In Champs Tour, do the do the marshals have to tell you what you have and what everyone else has? Do they have to give you updates? They're supposed They're to, supposed but they, to, they don't. But they don't. Yeah. But you, they can. I, I ask all the time. Now I do. Now I'm not as scared of it. <laughs> He's like right away. I was like, don't fucking tell me. I don't ask for like the first half an hour. Hour. Kind of like the morning play out a little bit. Because usually in the first hour doesn't dictate the rest of the day. I would agree with that. So I, I kind of ignore the first hour. and I'm kind of just fishing my own thing, kind of feeling out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll start checking in on the leaderboard. Okay, what's going on? What are the weights? Who's got what? You know. I just I haven't figured out how to use the leaderboard to my advantage, right? Well, it's like, easy. If Arnold Helgerson's in the lead, you know to go fish dock. <laughs> <laughs> Has that panned out for you? Because I can't say you did that on Rush after Arnold Helgerson was in the lead no, for that's the championship. True. That's true, yeah. He was in the lead, and I didn't. I don't think I. I, I knew, didn't watch the whole tape, but I knew that was a dying pattern, though. If that makes sense. Yeah. I knew that that was going to slow down and die. But has that worked out for you in the past? Where you look at the leaderboard and then you make a change because somebody's doing good and you know what they're doing? I don't really use like the people on the leaderboard. Right. If that makes sense. I use the fish activity. It's a pace thing for you, right? Yeah. You're very pace oriented. Are the fish popping off? Yeah. Or is it really like a grinder? Do I need to slow down in my areas? Or are they biting, biting, biting? So if they're biting, 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 I need to be moving, moving, moving. If the score tracker was the Dow Jones, <laughs> this guy would be a hell of a stockbroker. That's all I'm going to say. You got the trends down. Like, no, nope, he's catching that. He's catching one every six minutes. I'm catching one every 15. <laughs> I need to pick it up a little bit. It's, it's, like I said, it's burned me. It burned me on whitefish. It burned me on the river. Hey, no stockbroker's perfect, man. Like, on the river, I got up all the way up to sixth place on that stretch that me and you were fishing. I got all the way to sixth. But I'm like, I can't win with these fish. I have to leave and go find other fish. And they were still biting, but they were slowing down. And I was starting to stall out in the leaderboard. So I left them fish to go find another school. That's what I did. And I then, didn't know what was there. Apparently, I left too early. I fell all the way to 14th from 6th. I started falling, which is why I ran up to go swing. I knew I could have caught... I wasn't throwing the sunny bee, <laughs> but on the square bill I was throwing, I knew I could have kept catching some but i wouldn't have been gaining yeah no so that's like if i'm not if i'm not gaining i'm constantly moving if i was catching as, as much as him though i'd have never left <laughs> I'd be like hell yeah sixth place let's do this but going back to the whole point of this conversation is that that's why i feel like the champions tour has taught me to be a better five fish fisherman because big it's, ones on that wrap five fish you only need two bites you know what i mean why are you leaving that you got one, this that, whole rat bank that to one I George stayed. Little, Teal, and that other boat left. And you that that one I would have stayed for a five-fish format. Right. But I'm talking like, like decision-making. I feel like it's training me to make better decisions. Faster. The Champions Tour is. Under pressure. Yeah. So like another example is the uh, Viking Invitational on Minnetonka in the fall. Uh, this last year, me and my son fished it. And we're fishing, 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 fishing. And it's a grinder, you know. It's the fall of Minnetonka. Like, you're, it's, it's going to suck, you know. So we are milking an area. We're like six hours into this one spot. And like, we got an okay bag. I know we need probably 16 pounds to have a shot at winning, 15 probably get the top five. 
and it's like, okay, we're getting down on the wire. We have like 11, 11 pounds or something like that. It's like, yeah, we need a kicker, you know? I'm like, we got an hour left. I'm like, how can we get a big bite right now? We got to go shallow, you know? We want a big bite. We got to go shallow. I give him a frog. I said, here, throw this frog. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to catch anything on this frog. I'm like, trust me, if you get a bite, you're gonna, it's going to be a big one, you know? And I'm running docks, and I'm having to throw this frog and scattered grass between the docks. He catches like a 475. I'm like, I told you if you're going to get a bite, it's going to be a big one. But like those adjustments like that, I would never made five years ago. Like never fished that bank in my life on Minnetonka. Never thrown a frog on Minnetonka in clear water. This is crystal clear water, you know, main lake stuff, you know. And it just felt right for that day in that situation. And he catches a 475 big bass at the Derby. Bumps us all the way up to a like 10th or left or something like that we got. 14 something he got big bass at the derby out of 90 boats you know so crazy yeah but stuff like that willing to gamble roll the dice because the conditions fit you know yeah sense. no it does but. it's so weird man it's 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 a trained deal right it's a time on the water all of that encompasses i think you know all these things we're talking about yeah right time on the water is, once you agree time on the water is, is king oh yeah over everything mm-hmm. yeah but like he's he's, dude, he's mopping with this Sunny B, and you, we were talking about how you were getting into crankbaits a little bit. Have you have you expanded on that since we talked last? To be honest, no. KBD one point five or a little balsa sometimes. No, I'm I'm big on balsa. Yeah, so silent, like no sound. I don't like rattling crankbaits. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm silent every time if I can get away with it. Mm. Yep. I've been fishing balsa for years and years and years. Yeah. Dude, speaking of rattle traps, that Simcoe, did I show you that bait? I think you were at the tail end when I walked in. Where did I put it? It was up over there last time I'd seen it. Is it on my boat coal back there? Uh, it's a white rattle trap looking bait. Oh, it's probably in my blade bait box. Where did I put my blade Oh, bait? I see it on top over there. Oh, there it man. is, yeah. So, dude, I feel like this thing would hit pre-spawn. So that's been my, that's been my cold water. You got some good hooks on there. Oh yeah, dude, that's caught like fifty smallmouth already. Big ones. Those are Ichikawas. Uh, whatever the Nishine comes with, it's a Nishine Simcoe seventy-five oh, those are, heavyweight. Those are factory hooks. They're either Ichikawa mm-hmm. or a Duo. They're it, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they got good hooks, factory. But that thing, like on a yo-yo, super good on a fishing it like a blade baits where I've gotten it going. But I know like the gunnersville guys and stuff when they're on that red spring that's what made me think that of bait you. is so fun that bite the red yeah it's, it's so magic make that in red i'd be real curious if you could because i've tried the the duo apex the aaron martin's ones i like that better how heavy is this an ounce fish is like it a feels half, heavy fish is like a half ounce blade bait though so like you can fish it in five foot of water just fine which is what I like about it is it you can bomb it uh, like if you're fishing shallow flats and they're in a yo-yoing type scenario I feel like that is a super effective bait. I like it. Yeah, if it was red I'd give it to you, but I don't <laughs> think you're going to do much with that one. Maybe you will. Shad. Shad, yeah. No. Nah. Silent. Yeah. Yeah, waypoints. I they were sold out last I checked, but that's like a super sneaky. It's so hard to keep up with the tackle now. 
and I don't buy into all the gimmicks, right? But there's certain tools, right? And I feel like the Japanese are really good at like refining oh, a, yeah. a tool, right? And there's tools you you fish enough, like you. You've got 20 rods on the deck. You've learned a lot about each of those techniques, mm -hmm. enough to know that you wish this did this a little bit better, right? So when you see that, like for me, I've been looking for a blade bait that throws farther, and that seems to have a better catchability rate far from the boat because a blade bait you can cast it really far and it seems like you can get bit on that initial drop or them first three but other than that it seems like it has to be halfway back to the boat before they bite and i think it's how it comes off the bottom with the angle of the line and this like fixed that for me and it's like you find little tools like that 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 really do you have problems with your new cast your hooks catching your line on blade baits mm -mm. It drives me crazy. Not much. They foul up and you cuss them out, you know, from time to time. It's like a bomb cast and you pull up and it's just like nothing there. There's no vibration. It's like, oh, you reel all the way back in to find your line wrapped around the hook. I mean, it's kind of like, like a Peyton Manning versus Eli Manning. Like, I throw a perfect spiral. It sounds like yours has a little bit of <laughs> tumble to it, a little bit of Christian Ponder to it. Maybe I should switch, no, from, I'm just kidding. switch from Tamikis and go to something else. Oh. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, I feel like, oh man, I have so many more questions, but I think the, the biggest one, the most important one that everyone's been waiting for is the government has officially announced that aliens are real. <laughs> so, like, the good news about season three is I don't need to ask the question anymore. I just simply get to educate everybody, okay? So, I'm not even going to ask you if aliens are real because the government admitted they are. Where do you want me to go with this? <laughs> I think what that means is that alien technology has been confirmed, which means that the public, it's going to start getting to them, which means that we're like bitching about electronics technology right now, but we haven't even seen the alien version. You know what I mean? Oh, do you know how pissed Randy Blockett's going to be <laughs> when the alien units come oh, out? Man. Like... Like when you put a chip in your head and you can just <laughs> see them. I wonder what's next, though. I've been mind blown with the whole side thing. You got these trolling motor brakes, and like that's all pre aliens, dude. Like you see what um, Cunningham's doing on Minnetonka with his. I watched him poking around while I was practicing. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? He's got one on his back on the back of his troll motor. I think that's what it's An for. An Altera. Smart, he says that he can he can get so precise with his boat. Doesn't matter which way the wind's blowing. Dude, Downey told that to me, and it, and if I've scoped enough to know, like being pissed off at it because freaking boat's positioned wrong in the wind or something, and you're not right downwind. Especially with the weed line, makes it very difficult. Yeah, I'm curious your argument. thoughts on those things, troll motor brakes. Uh, with my style, seeing them so far out, I'm able to slow the boat down enough before I get on top of them. That's that's another reason why I do it. Get to transducers safe. Well, I just I just go back and forth on mine. Just you have some? What's no. that? No, 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 no. He's no. That's how I. But we I had a style too, before LiveScope came out, it worked pretty good. What's you that? know what I mean? So with side imaging, 
Oh right? yeah. I had yeah. a style of fishing mm-hmm. that Dane and Dane and I had a we had a style of fishing that that worked, right? But then Live Scope came out and it's it I could have and I kind of said, well that Live Scope doesn't really work with my style. You know? But it's like when technology comes out I've noticed schlappers this way, you're this way, you're this way, you adapt. And you, you need to learn it as fast as you can, which evolves your style. It might not change your style. Don't change it, just evolve. You can't forget about the other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. You still graph every day. You still side image. You still yeah. beat the bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just another tool. That's how I won the bracket, beating the bank. That's how I won East, just... West, East West Rush was just graphing. I mean, side imaging is what won that tournament for me, the side imaging. The, yeah. the, 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 pre, the, the work before the tournament. Google Earth won me the bracket. <laughs> that's so sick I'm gonna keep doing it because I was starting to question whether I should keep doing it or not no that was the that was the reassurance reass however you say that word did it reassurance yep to keep doing it it's a real thing dude oh yeah because before it would be just one fish here one fish there but that one was like every it's fish like, I caught I had found before I even showed up to the lake it's like going to the river for me with that yep same thing that's crazy. Look, you know, a lot of stuff in the east-west rush. I would mark it, and I didn't even practice it. There was an area you were sitting on that I – there's a couple areas that Connor's messing them oh up on. Oh, my God. I'm and so then sad about that There's spot. an area you and Gilland, I think, were on on the east <clears> end <throat> that I had each of those spots. I got two real good bites, but I didn't really know the area. It's like I was like, oh, I got an extra place to run to here. I got an extra place to run to here. Didn't spend the time to understand <laughs> they were the deal. So it was like I wanted to pull up on a waypoint. And I could never pull up on that one because I think you and Gillen, you or Gillen were sitting on it. And it was a sneaky little eelgrass spot, I remember, that I felt I saved it because I didn't think that guys were going to fish it. And, it. and same with this spot Connor was on. I didn't think anybody would find it. And turns out Dane started on it. Thompson started on it. Lifermen started on it. Oh, my God. It was loaded. I did not know what I found. It would be that prime example of, like, you find something and you didn't, you know, don't know what you found. I knew knew there was a ton of fish there. I was like. It made sense, but it was a big flat. Like, ain't nobody going to fish here. It's this deep, you know? Like, nobody going to fish that. Right. I'm going to fish this. Hey, when I need a place to go, I'm going to go here. It's junk. It's full of fish. I'm like, I'll keep this in my back pocket until later. And I drove to my one spot. I was like, oh, their boat's starting on that. I looked over there. I was like, Boats start shit. Just boats start on my D stuff or what I felt was my sneaky I, I stuff in back pocket. That I lit them up pretty good on. <laughs> that was a deal. I learned so much after the tournament season this year, like about the mistakes I made all year. That I just, you know, getting confident. It was all about confidence. Like I would like. Scratch the surface on a lot of things last year and not not realize it that, you know, and not have the confidence to keep rolling with it maybe or, you know. But so I guess, do you think it's going to be x-ray technology? What 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 are the aliens going to bring us? I don't know. What more could you do? Quadruple d- build drift fries all the way around. 
was just the dumbest the thing. Only thing I, I mean, of, I mean what's left, the only thing they could really do is like uh, a unit that tells you what species you're looking at, maybe. To yeah. me, the, the what's going to change to me is the experience of it. I think it's going to go just like video games have gone to. Oh. I think it's going to go to. Well, wasn't there something, something that I, I like cast that. last year? Dude, there was a there was a there was a company that had goggles or glasses, and there was like technology that was supposed to be a couple of years out. They were still working on it, but the concept was there at ICAST or some show that I want to. I mean, I'm gonna probably gonna butcher this, but I remember hearing it, and you could see like further into the water or something with these glasses. Flogger. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it was like, whoa, that's crazy. But they was they only had one made. It was like a concept. Oh, relevance. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it, dude. This have you guys been keeping up with the AI at all? No. No one can keep up with the AI. I'm too old, dude. It's a little scary. I'm not I can barely, barely run my cell phone. I'm just telling you, like that might give me a shot to beat Noah Schultz someday. <laughs> is the fact that he won't. Embrace artificial intelligence. There's one nice thing about fishing, though, is nothing is guaranteed and it's ever changing. It is, dude. But we're about to have. You seen the movie Iron Man? I think Robert so, yeah. Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like long, we're about to be time. half. Like they're about to have your shit's about to be bunk compared to what <laughs> they can put on you. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like. <sighs> Easton's casting really good with live scope, but once they're like giving you that arm attachment that gives you <laughs> pure precision, like it's coming, dude. Oh, you're gonna man. have instead of a gut, you're gonna have a Siri that knows everything. Actually, not a dumb Siri. He's like, I don't know your question. Uh, <laughs> like an actual Siri that's gonna that be coming. like like AI in the boat. Like due water to the water temperature, you should like, fish here. Well, they kind of got that with Smart Strike Hummingbird right now. Right, right. Yep. Like, humans have been able to put some pretty cool stuff together. But you get the aliens in, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> makes that smart strike look like a kid's book. Have you ever played that smart strike? Yeah, dude. Like, you, I've had people tell me how dumb it is. We used to go to a lake that you know well and have waypoints on and plug in your, info, your information, and it'll, like, it's crazy. Like, it'll pull up stuff right on your dots. Knows all your spots. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's crazy. It's weird how many people fish the same shit and think it's, like, that to me is funny. <laughs> is how many people, like, fish the same spot and think, and have a different yeah. result, fishing it a little bit different. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Last subject is college-related. I didn't go to college, so I'm out. Easton's not up with the trends. He's too busy shaking a swim jig on Lay Lake or something. But, <laughs> like, what what is going on in the schools nowadays? You guys got the trans folk down there? Did I ask you this already? Yeah, they're everywhere. Isn't it a Christian school? No. Okay. It's liberal arts. Oh, for sure you got all kinds of shit then. There's, there's some creatures. <laughs> there is. But... Mental health's a real thing, folks. Hey, thank you guys for joining us. This is a freaking blast, as always. <laughs> always learn shit from you guys. Um, so now we can take him to the cage, hold him upside down. I was asking what, what that cage for was outside. We're going to lock you up until you tell us a secret lure, he said. Goes both ways. I, I thought. 
I'm going to tell you mine. You, you tell me yours. We could, I don't know if we could wrestle him. Oh, I'm an old cripple. You <laughs> could take me. We have reach. We have reach. Lanky. Both of us. I'm old and slow now. Well, you've won yourself another boat, Noah Schultz. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, so do you, do you get a new garage for that boat now? No. No storage. Okay. So you got room for Easton's boat? You guys got that shed down there. Mm-hmm. It's Go. filled up, but it's there. You taking any ladies on dates in there yet? To the shed? Yeah. I'm never at the shed on the lake. <laughs> 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 My boat's never there. Uh. Two of the best hammers ever. Thank you, boys. Thank you. Checking Thank you. in, checking out.